Second song we've had by Temper Shop, mate, and they absolutely kill it with this one. Yeah, Afterburner. Thank, for, thank, thank you, 
Luke, for <laughs> I thought we were thank the heavens, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> allowing us to uh, play Afterburner on the podcast. Um, yeah, what a great way uh, to, to kick things off, really. It's um, you know, you, you know what you're going to get with Temper Shot, but that one there, it's a bit of a more snappy affair, isn't mm. it? Mm. That, well, yes, it is. Because what did we have last time? Was it Gunning for Gatekeepers? Did we, we have played gunning. We have played yeah. gunning for gatekeepers. We also had the one that um, was a kind of seven minute, yeah. kind of quite an epic, wasn't it? it was uh, I'm going to say it was called the witch, but it wasn't the witch. Oh, so is, is this? The, are they carrying the match ball home as far as bands that have opened up the podcast? Well, there's a, there's a few on on double, aren't there? But, mm. uh, yeah, they they could they could well be. Fantastic, um, brilliant. Yeah, it's, it was it was really cool because he explained it to to me. In um, the when you, when we were communicating about uh, being able to play the song, um, obviously the, it's going up on all the socials. It came out a couple of days ago, um, so people are hearing it, but they might not know the full story as to what it's about. Obviously, you can see on that really kind of iconic artwork they've got. It's really quite clever. The artwork mm. is going to be about planes, and um, what he said to me, Luke said was. If I just read what he says, he said, this is one of the last songs we put together for the upcoming album, as we needed something short, simple and accessible. It's loosely based on the real event in 1989, known as the Tobruk Air Battle. Myself and bassist James have wanted to do something fun, snappy, something like Ace's High Style. We wanted to do it for a long time now, and the riffs and structures to the music just work so perfectly. So for the whole fighter jet theme of the lyrics... My dad was a huge aviation buff and my brother became a pilot, so I kind of grew up surrounded by planes and attending air shows. So this song felt very natural and a lot of fun to do. And yes, there's definitely a cheeky nod to Maiden's Aces High going on in there, but why the hell not? <laughs> well, it, it's one of those things, isn't it, that as soon as anyone makes a record about an aeroplane in metal, they instantly think, well, this is like Aces High, isn't it? Which it isn't, to be honest. Um, very little is, is about Maiden other than the song structure, which they kind of unapolog- unapologetically said on their podcast, uh, number two podcast, um, that uh, that was a little cheeky nod to it. Um, but it, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? Because I remember hearing a song, and I don't know who it was by, can't remember who it was by, but it was about a card game. And um, the all the lyrics were referencing card references, and immediately, although it sounded nothing like uh, Ace of Spades, everyone immediately said, "Well, that's Ace of Spades ripoff." <laughs> I mean, but um, yeah. so it's really difficult, and it's and it's uh, it's ground you've got to tread careful. But I think Temper Shot have done it brilliantly because that incident that they're talking about that involves aeroplanes is from 1989, whereas Ace is High is going back to the, the Spitfire days in the war, isn't it, in the 40s, so, 30s and 40s. So um, I I don't think that um, it's, it's just like a modern take on it, and I think they've done a really good job. And it sounds, again, as Temper Shot always are at the moment, they're sounding fresh as a daisy and ready to go, and that one certainly... Uh, does that uh, short, snappy, accessible kind of feel to it? Yeah, definitely short and snappy. It's um, catchy as hell as well. And they also speak about it, him and Dio, in their recent Tempercast episode two. Mm. They focus on Afterburner and how it came about, what it's about. So whilst I read those notes there that Luke sent me, they go into how it was created, um, the song itself and what it's like to play live how difficult it is and i'm not a musician but i can hear yeah, 
that's going to be difficult. But it's to hear musicians saying, oh, it's one of the most difficult songs that we play live and it's the first mm. few riffs and that kind of thing. But then it makes a really good listen, that, that Tempercast episode two. Mm. Um, but they also talk about, I don't know if you, you can hear it very clearly in headphones, but if you're just listening to it on on streaming or um, Bandcamp, it doesn't come through so well. But there's he, he explains about the um, kind of bit of a spoiler alert here, but the the voices in the song. So mm. you might have picked up on the kind of airplane pilot voices yep. going on. Uh, and what he said was that his cousin knew that he was into planes, so he sent him a. Um, a video from YouTube of the Red Arrow pilots in a mock air fight, and um, they had vocal commentary uh, accompanying the, the video. And Luke wanted to use that, so he took it, adapted it, and used it. And that's what you can actually hear in the song scattered throughout the song. So it kind of it, it just for me, as I say, as a non-musician, an insight into how songs are, you know, how songs are made. It's really, really interesting, but I love that kind of um, that 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 vocal over a song that you can just hear, and sometimes you you, you can't always make it. Out. You mentioned um, Maiden earlier. Mm. Obviously, you've got ACSI, you've got Rhyme and the Ancient Mariner. They're mm. very, very vocally, you know, spoken words. But there's another one that I've been thinking about in preparation for tonight. The band that only released two albums and their third album no one likes to talk about certainly not Sneepy Sabbath Morning Has Broken yeah uh, there's a song on there called uh, Lost Without a Trace and it's about the Bermuda Triangle and there's a flight 19 that they spoke about and the the plane goes down and it's got that vocal of the the kind of air traffic control and the pilots and I just think it adds a really kind mm. of alluring atmosphere to a song when you've got a little bit of vocal in there that you can't always quite make out that clearly and I think it's really really cleverly executed in Afterburner mm, definitely well I'm definitely going to check out that Sabat one on the morning is broken because I can't remember picking that out so that's going to be an interesting one but definitely listening so I've listened to Afterburner three or four times and it definitely it's a bit of a grower as well it gets gets into your bones sort of thing so definitely happy and I, I think they put it on uh their social or something like that and i commented on it saying this will definitely open our podcast because i'm just really pleased that they let, gave us permission to do it because it's a quality song well it is it's like we said we, you know we could wax lyrical about it all day long and um it's short it's snappy but there's plenty to get your teeth into in amongst that four minutes or whatever it's four and a half minutes there's plenty to get into uh, and it's great that we're getting an insight into how these songs are made as i say as a non-musician it's invaluable and really interesting i love that side of things you know it's great that you can you get to hear the music that people are making but when you actually get to hear how it's made and the processes and that kind of thing without having to send questions in and say oh, how did you make it and mm. when they actually just kind of organically talk about it with each other really interesting so yeah that tempercast podcast is well worth checking out if uh, people haven't yet yeah and luke if you want to we we did share it but if you want to put it in the comments and link it please do mate because it's uh, it's a good listen to um, do we want to get it done to two hours today, mate? Yeah, it's not going to happen, is it? We've, we've had 
we've had a fair bit of, um, well, kind of in additional, slightly negative, but additional news hit us this week, haven't we, that uh, kind of might take up a bit of our time, and, and yeah. but we've added that in, but I don't think we'll get under two hours, and I think we need to give some of this rightfully the... The respect and attention it deserves. Well, let's. Um, I'll give you a running order, mate. Um, we've uh, got reaction to seventy-seven. We have testament souls of black to talk about. We've got the hierarchy decides. The razor's edge segment. Uh, we've got a couple of mentions. A hit missile maybe from Mordred. We've got the first ever um, quiz that we've done. What have you been listening to? And we haven't got temper shot closing because we have got. Should we leave it? Oh, we'll say it. We'll say. It. Absis sucker at the end. So we've got to uh, got to do. But unfortunately, yes, people who are listening in the future, i.e., not the week that was or is uh, this uh, podcast is dedicated to, um, you will remember this day. Um, we'll start off with um, uh, Mr. Mike Howe, uh, the lead singer of uh, Metal Church, sadly passed away. Um, Absolutely tragic. Couldn't believe it when it happened. Uh, we've got a couple. We got well. Mister Machine Hutch is a massive fan, isn't he? And he done a very, very quickly uh, a touching post for us to uh, to put on the site. I will read a little bit now because this is the kind of I'm not going to embarrass myself or anyone else because I do know uh, Paul Hutch is a massive fan. Um, and he wrote this lovely piece, but there's a bit in there that I, I think we should mention. We should say is that for many, their first exposure to metal church would have been on Friday, the 9th of August, 2019, when the band killed it in a 45 minute set of bloodstock open air feedback from who had limited knowledge of the band was how good they were. For those of us who were already fans, this was unsurprising. How was energetic, racing around the stage and vocally on point. Having released the compilation from the vault in 2020, the word was that Metal Church were well on their way to album number 13. I definitely I remember the build up to that to uh, to that Bloodstock. I remember we were talking about it, saying we're not massive Metal Church fans, but they're they're a band that we always are aware of uh, and knew of and were a welcome addition to that bill. And we were really looking forward to it. And I, they were, they were brilliant that day. I remember it as plain as day. Yeah. Reiterate what you're just saying there really without repeating it too much. We were of those, like Paul mentioned there, those that had limited knowledge of the band. That was us. Mm. And um, like you say, we knew the band, but, to be blown away by them is not an understatement. Mm -hmm. They were probably, for me, the band of the day. Mm -hmm. And uh, along with Damnation's Hammer over in the Sophie's Tent, uh, Sophie Tent, uh, it was, yeah, what a professional, enjoyable, um, just great festival performance. They had the crowd literally, uh, Mike certainly, the, the crowd mm -hmm. eating out the bar of their hand. Mm -hmm. And it, it was there. The people like us that, probably weren't aware of them that were the biggest kind of converts because those that were there that loved them of course they were like well yeah th th this is a band that we love you lot yeah th mm. this is how good they are and yeah a lot of people were in the same 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 boat with it really i'm sure mm. there were a lot of people there like you and i that were yeah blown away really well i, I think looking back he certainly had that uh, mike certainly summed up that crowd very quickly what well, right festival crowd a lot of them know who we are, seen the logo, maybe heard an album or so. They're not massive metal church fans, but 
let's just give it to him. And he kind of, you know, he didn't want loads of fans singing words back. He knew we didn't know the words to a lot of their songs, but he just gave a brilliant energetic. He got down in the photo pit. I remember that. And there were some hardcore fans down the front. They did get the mic thrust in their face because they did know the words and he kind of sorted them out and, um, and appreciated them. But you can just see how much he loved being on that big, big stage at Bloodstock. And yeah, like you say, you absolutely killed it. Just brilliant to behold and was magical on that stage so um to to hear of that that, that he passed was uh was shocking to be honest it was someone that i really didn't think as as we we heard you know like i said i'm not massive metal church fan but i do know that they were recording new stuff and they were going to get new stuff together and no doubt they would have come around again and hopefully would have played bloodstock and and i would have definitely gone to see them if you know if i was there you know it, it, it's one of those things and it's just such a shame that um, he's gone. And um, I do know a few people in this club really, really do love them and are absolutely devastated. One being Stephen Tatton Holmes. Check this out. Saw them at the marquee with Metallica as support. Uh, and also, you're going to have to help me out, also at the Thecla. Thecla. I think it's Thecla. Thecla and Bloodstock. Absolutely loved them from day one. Such a shame. Was looking forward to more new material uh, Eleven was superb and one of the best albums I've heard in a long time. Absolutely, yeah. I'd, just yeah, for me, Eleven again, an album that I hadn't heard until this very club's uh, mm. homework. I, I yes. got, uh, got Eleven a couple of months ago, and it is a fantastic album. It really is, and that's one with Mike Howe returning to the band for a first album, as far as I'm aware, first album in a long, long time. Mm. And it is, we talk about great vocal uh, great rock and metal vocalists often you know in, in thrash if we're just focusing on thrashing we always talk about uh, Eric AK from mm. Flotsam and Jetsam I think really we've got to talk about Mike Howell in there Mike mm. Howell in there as well because the ability to be able to that, that music certainly on 11 there's some really really thrashy numbers on there but the the atmosphere and the the, the attitude that comes through in his singing it really is a gift that they can sing and kind of promote, not promote, but but uh, convey a certain feeling through the music with their voice. And it isn't just like, I don't know, it sounds really wanky, but it's not just shouty, screamy stuff that suits a lot of thrash bands. You know, these are mm. these are singers. These are singers. These mm. aren't just shouters. These, these are proper gifted singers. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's a fantastic album. Um. John Wig, I know, is a massive fan. He said, was listening to, is it Heretics? Excellent breaking point just yesterday. A sad loss. Yeah, it's, um, well, it's, yeah, what can you say? There'll be yeah. a lot of people that will be doing their own listening to particular albums that mean a lot to them, whether it be Metal Church or whether it's Heretic or mm. whatever, in whatever way you're kind of having to, because we've often spoke about this, you know, whilst you may not know that person, sometimes it feels, and it's a real kind of grieving mm. process that you go through when someone that you look up to in a band, you know, they may have been part of your life for many, many years and mm. to suddenly be, you know, the news that they've passed can hit people really, really hard. So some people find solace writing their music and some people find it by listening to the music. I know Mike Todd down on his 
uh, again, it won't matter because if you're listening to this in the future, but as we sit here now, our old mate Mike will be recording his radio show for uh, Metal Mouth on mm-hmm. Rockin' Fox Radio, and he's doing a show tonight. We'll be focusing on Mike Howe from oh, cool. uh, Metal Church, and also be touching upon Joey Jordison mm-hmm. as well, who sadly, sadly, which just seems mad to be talking about as well, sadly passed away as well. Let's talk a little bit about Joey Johnson. Um incredible drummer i saw i've seen slipknot a few times with obviously joey i also saw the murder dolls with joey his little side project with wednesday 13 thought he was a phenomenal talent um and i don't think they're as good as the slipknot drummer is now and i don't know the guy's name but i don't think there would be too many slipknot fans who would say if there was an opportunity for Joey to come back into the band, bearing in mind that there was a bit of bad blood and it didn't really end um, acrimoniously when, when Joey Jones left Slipknot for one reason or another. And I don't really want to get into that now, but I just think if there was a magic wand and there was all of a sudden, there's going to be an announcement and Joey Johnson is back in the band. Slipknot fans would be in rapture, wouldn't they? Um, and it's, I know people I know one person in particular who saw, you know, he was on that uh, Roadrunner United album, wasn't he, Joey Jolinson? And there was some studio footage of him just warming up. I had a friend who listened to that and copied that solo, just oh, that that warming up, just because it was Joey Jolinson. He was just absolutely possessed by him. He, it was his, his idol, his inspiration. Absolutely, yeah, he's... Um, he, Slipknot is a uh, band of many characters, isn't it? But mm. to have a drummer who is one of the bigger, or certainly was one of the, the bigger personalities within the band as well, says a lot for the guy that he's, he can come through that music. And, you know, I don't, I, 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 I'm not a Slipknot fan. I'm, I, I have seen them and I've always enjoyed them when I have seen them. But um, I've, um, to, to be sat there behind and to have that much charisma, to have that much aura about him and mm. some some of the like you say Roadrunner Roadrunner United I, th- I think he was actually one of the captains within mm-hmm. that and that was 2005 so that says a lot about his stature then and certainly if he wasn't a captain he, he was heavily involved with it um, but the amount of bands that he's been playing with since he's, he's been very very active obviously had his, his leg problems mm-hmm. or his feet problems where he wasn't able to um, you know do his double bass and he had, he had to rehabilitate so hard and come back to drumming and mm-hmm. from, you know from the reports you read he was just such a hard working person when mm-hmm. it came to the rehab and getting back to physio and everything so again it's just it's just madness that we're talking about it but we're just trying to give that one little bit of uh, a little nod to say thank you for the you know for the music you've gifted us and, mm. and, and to Mike to Joey it's let's enjoy that music they've given us and um, you know it, it, it's wonderful that they've been part of our world for a short time and as I've said the people that are um, listening in the future you will remember this day because it is also the day that Dusty Hill uh, bass player of and singer of ZZ Top uh, has sadly passed away as well now this one is yeah, I, I love ZZ Top. I think they're 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 incredible. Certainly, everyone. I, I mean, I saw. I think it was Neil Coggins actually, or it might have been Frank Holby saying, "I'm not a massive fan, but put Eliminator on, and it's great driving on a hot day." Yep, yep, totally get that. Neil Eliminator, but they were they have a whole band's worth of material right before then, which is 
eclipses anything that they had in their kind of popular 80s era seriously and i mean seriously eclipses it as in an uh, eliminator doesn't hold up a, a a torch it just doesn't hold up a candle to it it's just there's nothing um and it's 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 sad in a way, but I mean, obviously, the gentleman was fairly elderly and has lived a very royal life, whereas the uh, other two gentlemen we were talking about maybe have gone before their time. I mean, Dusty was uh, a fantastic player. I know Billy Gibbons has kind of gone out on his own, which kind of maybe said that he wasn't, you know, he wasn't fit enough to to, to carry on with ZZ Top. But I, I mean, I will be playing um, Rio Grande Mud which is the second album's Easy Top album, and in particular just got paid because that is just a great, great tune. And anyone that thinks, I'm going to put legs on or Smart Dressed Man or uh, Give Me give me All Your Love In, no, leave that. Go and put, uh, I'm sure I've got, again, got John Wig on side here. I'm sure I've got Paul Hutch and I'm sure I've got a lot of others. Go and put on some of those earlier albums, but in particular for me, Rio Grande Mud and um, I've just got paid. Absolutely brilliant and such... That is a really sad loss for me as well. I've, I'm not a, I'm not a big ZZ Top fan. I did see Down in Manchester, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Uh, we, I went to see them, Manchester Academy, probably, I don't know, 10, 11, 12 years ago. Didn't have a support band. The support band was, in fact, just a big screen where Down played homage to their musical heroes, and it was a, I don't know, a 15, 20-minute kind of collage, musical collage of um, small bits of music and their, 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 their musical hero. Their way of giving their like nod of respect, and uh, everyone cheered when a you know Zach Wilde came up or or whoever Alice in Chains. I can't I can't remember all. The one thing I do remember when ZZ Top came out, the place erupted, and this was for a down audience that you know you, you wouldn't. I'm gonna say you wouldn't expect them to be particularly for ZZ Top as opposed to Zach Wilde, you know, mm. then you can be into whatever, but that just shows the kind of gravity that ZZ Top held within and what an influence they have on bands such as, I mean, I know they're that Southern States band and they obviously had a big influence on a lot of those bands from that kind of, you know, down in Louisiana and Crowbar and even the Sludgy bands had big influence on them. But yeah, it's um, to say that you talked about the different albums they got, you know, almost like a a genre defying, mm. defying um, back catalogue, really, haven't mm. they? Yeah, they, absolutely. They, you, know, yeah. you look at the eighties stuff that's huge. That you go to any, they say that one in four houses within the UK have Queen's greatest hits within mm. their record collection, or something mm. like that. Yeah. I'm sure growing up in the eighties, everyone had. Eliminator or Afterburner yeah. or whatever, yeah. they were the huge, huge ones, and their 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 singles are they're constantly played on radio purely because they were so good at that very clean, crisp, hard rock. Mm-hmm. And then you got the, a lot more the, the the bluesy stuff, I suppose. And and yeah, it's um, just a real shame. Obviously. Yeah. Well, well, you, you think of you think of Dusty Hill. You think he started making records in the late sixties. Um, you've got Mike Howe who joined Metal Church in the uh, sort of end of the 80s or uh, round about the, the turn of uh, the, uh, the decade into the 90s. And you got Joey Johnson, who was 
you know, 30 years into it, there's almost 100 years of music gone today. And it's such a sad day for, for, for metal to think of it like that, that ZZ Top, we, we'll never hear or see the likes of ZZ Top again. Joey Jolson, such a unique style, such a unique style. We're, we're very lucky to have him anyway. Um, and then, you know, you've got Mike Howe, who won't, no one, if, I'm not sure if what will happen with Metal Church, and obviously this is not the time to think it, but if they continue or if they get another singer, it, it will not be like Mike Howe. So there's a hundred years of great stuff that they've left us, which is uh, the way I'm looking at it. Yeah, so wherever you are, whatever time of day it is, you're sitting on your tea break at work or you're sitting down listening to us now and it's the evening, raise a glass, you know, have a pint later, have one tomorrow night, whenever it is, you know, and, and, and play each or all of their music loud, quietly, reflectively, just and enjoyably and be thankful, as we all are, for, for the gifts that they've given us. It's, um, yeah, rest in peace to the three of them. Definitely, definitely. Right, let's get on, mate, because uh, you want to get up. You've got work. I've, I'm on some time out now at the moment, mate, so I'm, I'm not too bad, but you, you need to get up for work in the morning, don't you? I do, yeah, as, as, as we normally do, even though we shifted the days around. Not that that matters, as we say, if you are listening to this in the morning, but I still have to get up at the same time, whatever day of the week it is. And you've, and you've still got to download the entire ZZ Top back catalogue, of course, haven't you? And the entire Metal Church back catalogue, so we, we best get on. Um, should we talk about Podcast 77? Let's get, let's get through that, yeah. And our absolute failure to get that under two hours, so much so that we blew it by about an hour and five minutes. Yeah, but if you're going to do it, you may as well screw it up, really. Yeah. yeah, get hung for a sheep as opposed to a lamb. That's the way I see it. But um, people still did listen to it. These guys deserve medals, absolutely. Um, Tim Finch reacted to it. Just like to thank everybody before I go on to Tim's, just to, uh, just to say thank you to everybody that continues listening and continues um uh, contributing to the club I was thinking about this yes we, we we do this podcast this podcast is for all of the club uh, me and Robbie are of course doing it but we this is the big thank you to you guys and the hard work and the words and the contributions that you put in but really it's more important that you contribute to the club as opposed to listen to the podcast I guess isn't it but it's uh, great to have you along I, it's just brilliant so um, thanks to everyone that listened Absolutely, yeah. And just to Tim Finch, happy birthday (laughs) to you. Happy birthday, Mr. Razor's Edge. (laughs) Not that it's today, and it won't matter if uh, you're listening to this whenever it is, but... Happy no, but, birthday, Tim. But, but, a few days ago, he, sh- he, he had his birthday, so yeah. I thought um, we'd bid him uh, happy birthday. And if anyone does know Tim or see Tim down the front at Bloodstock or any major festival between the stage and the photograph, because he will be in the photographer's pit, what he really likes is to be sung happy, but doesn't matter what time of year it is, uh, happy birthday in the style of Marilyn Monroe. Yes. So um, just tap him on the shoulder, yeah. just sing that to him, and he'll, he'll you know what, he'll be in raptures about that, won't he? And, and he has said that if anyone from the club sees him down the pit, he will buy them a pint. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, will his, he will put his camera down there and then, regardless of who's playing, and go off to the Hobgoblin bar and uh, buy them a pint. You're playing a dangerous game there. I know, I know. Right, let's, uh, let's say what you said about Podcast 77, uh, and this was about the Seps reunion. Uh, that was the first I heard of Paolo being the blocker on a Seps reunion. 
I have it on good authority that there is still a lot of bad blood between Gloria and Andreas's wife, which, of course, is why Max left Seps in the first place. I have a source who told me a few years ago the band members were all up for a reunion, but it was the two wives who put a stop to it pretty much physically had a fight at a European festival backstage a few years ago. Um, he then goes on to say, nice to hear Carl talk about The Limit. I chatted with Bobby, Pentagram and Sonny about the project a few months ago. They, especially Sonny, have some tales to tell. It could have gone on for hours. And um, yeah, The Limit, great, great, great album. Sep's Reunion, two, two uh, wives having a, uh, a pretty much coming to blows. Now, this is interesting because we were... We were listening in and won't say who said this because it's not our place, but they did say that this can be a bit of an issue and not so much because they're female. It's just because they're batting for one person or another. And um, this judgment of other people can get in the way of four band members achieving things. Absolutely. You think of the dynamics when not just, you know, a woman or a husband comes on tour or, or whoever, you've got their kind of conflict of, in, you know, the, the their best interest of that person is mm. going to be represented by that person that they're going to stand up for. And an argument between two people can then suddenly turn into a disagreement between four, five, six people. And yeah, I bet it's uh, there's many, many stories that we'll never get to hear about. Some of the biggest bands mm. that, um, you know, are kind of like urban legends that never quite got out that probably are very true yep definitely and the limit uh, have you listened to the limit yet i haven't but i i know a little bit of pentagram and certainly uh, it's on netflix or youtube there's a video a, a documentary called last days here it was about 10 years ago and it's bobby liebling and when he was uh, yeah literally living at his mum and dad's house in their basement he was seriously addicted drugs and it's a documentary that kind of it's really sad but it kind of goes through the him trying to get clean and getting the band back together uh, or certainly a, a kind of incarnation of the band and it's a really really interesting musical documentary because he is a real character and um he's certainly got he's certainly got um He's got more stories. stories. Yeah, more well, stories than story that. To tell, but he's certainly part of that doom metal, heavy metal um, culture, really. And he is a yeah a, a legend within it. But by all accounts, um, the, the drugs have affected him quite mm. a bit. Mm. And <laughs> but it's mm. definitely worth watching. The, worth watching that. It's a, it's a great documentary. Brilliant. Uh, good recommendation if it is on youtube we'll have to try and link that mate um andrew matthews god that blacklist tune is a savage mother lover great listeners always thanks for the kind words on the speed reading listened in one hit you, you honestly mate you deserve a medal regarding sepultura and max's digs at paolo apparently he didn't play on any album until roots as he wasn't good enough the bass was always played by max or andreas thus max disparaging remarks about paolo being the reunion blocker max really has little good to say about paolo but wanted to leave some things for anyone who reads the book after i would happily loan the book out but someone else has borrowed it at the moment keep up the good work fellas thank you very much for commenting uh blacklist yes absolute banger but again talking about the steps they do have this 
aura of Mystique, certainly around that era where they 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 kind of broke up. Well, I, that was the first time I heard about that about Paolo yeah. not playing on the on on the albums. I heard um, it, it's apparently very well known that Tom Araya didn't play on the later Slayer albums because his heart wasn't particularly in it, and Kerry King and uh, had apparently filled those in. But I always thought Paolo Junior was a bang up bass player, and that was that. Well, you'd think if that was, uh, we're talking about Bruce being there, I don't know, let's say fifth or sixth album, mm. you'd think by then he would be good enough to play on it. So whether it was a confidence thing or a, like you say, Tom Array and Hart not, not quite in it, but to, to have made five or six albums and still not be having your chops up to speed, it, it, it seems doesn't seem that believable, but then it's... You know, it's one of them things. It's yeah. very possible. It's just it seems mad that that, that schizophrenia and whether he was on Morbid Visions EP or um, beneath the remains, arise. Yeah. You know, Chaos AD. It just seems mad that by then he's still not playing the bass. And what's, what's he do then when they're all in the yeah. recording studio? Does he just sit there and? Does he know he's uh, not playing bass on that? Does he? Well, did he you know, it's craziness. And that is is that why he's now saying, as as Andrew there, that well, I didn't play on any of the classic albums, so we're not having a classic reunion. Go fuck yourself. Who's to say he's not thinking that? I mean, if that is true, crazy, crazy. Mm. They could make a film about this, mate. This little era in in um, Sepultura's period, mate. Couldn't they? They could, they could definitely not a dirt because the dirt was dreadful. That that uh, the film, an hour and a half will not cover it. You need a full on. About, I'm going to put myself on it, I'm going to say about 10 one-hour, hour and 20-minute episodes. You need what Anthrax have done. YouTube, a 10-minute a, a YouTube every couple of days. Well, I just think that's been really open, honest, and mm. it's just been a great insight into the band. I, mean, you know, I know there's not been that; it hasn't been that acrimonious, has it? Within Anthrax, yes, it's been disputes and disagreements and that kind mm. of thing. But um, they even got Neil Turbin back, didn't they? Yeah, and, uh, he's, he's not always regarded as. And they had issues with Dan Spitz as well, but he was in there as well. So I don't know, mate. If you're, Neil, if you're Neil Turbin, why wouldn't want you, you talk? It's the biggest thing he's ever done. So I wouldn't want you. Want to, no one wants to talk to him about anything else. Um, but there you go. Um, Andrew, uh, Adrian Morgan. Thank you, mate. Been listening to them from the start. Adrian's gone all the way back to the start with our podcast. Thank you so much. Help me keep me sane, locked in self-isolation at home. So uh, that is, that is just one of those comments where I just, think yeah being locked at home in isolation is absolutely awful mate i you know pity anyone and 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 would it's just great that adrian has just been able to take some a little bit of holiday time from that isolation by having us uh speaking to him and um I, i'm just you do if you've listened to all of them mate you do it, like i say i pin the middle on your chest myself yeah, I was hoping to catch Days of Wrath UK at their uh, July show. Uh, it, um, I think it was a unicorn. It was somewhere in Camden. I don't think it happened anyway, and I wouldn't have been able to make it. But um, I was hoping to catch them because, you know, they've been on washing the roof on, and I really like some of their stuff. And I, would have bought, I certainly would have bought Adrian a pint, as I would with many, many members if I do see them at gigs, because... Yeah. Um, 
their involvement has just been what makes the club go. And I know it sounds very, very twee, but that's how it is. Without the members like Adrian, who has been, he's a long-time member, without those members contributing, we would have nothing to talk about. It'd just be me and you kind of going, right, mate, how's your day? Yeah, all right. Yeah, that new um, Skyclad album. Yeah, shit. Yeah. Uh, it's not shit. It's, uh, you know. Um, so... If we have made self-isolation uh, that little bit easier and we can bring a little bit of uh, comfort into people's lives, thank you for listening and thank you for being part of it because um, you know, you're know you making our little, uh, our little club a whole lot better for a lot of people as well. So Yeah. Can, can, you. You, can you hear the rain pissing down, mate? Uh, is this outside your new studio? Because you've got a bit of state-of-the-art studio. <laughs> yeah, this is inside. Yeah, this is uh, absolutely hammering, mate. So uh, hopefully that won't um, affect the uh, the sound quality too much. But I'll get on to Corvo Atano. Had a listen over uh, two sessions, but you lads kept me entertained throughout. Would love to do a T90. If it's okay, I'll do a wild card one. Also, what do I need to know about doing one? The Blacklist album is a fucking monster, and every time I hear a track, it somehow manages to sound even better. So, um, do you want to tell Corvo, or have you have you been in correspondence with him, mate? Yeah, we've been communicating. He's already on it. He's, he's doing one. He's going to do a wildcard one, so that's pretty cool. And... Um there's a few more that are, uh, that are going to be doing them. We've got uh, oh, Graham Meldrum, he's doing one. Paul the Machine is doing one. So we've got a few in the back. But if there's anyone out there that wants to come forward, absolutely. T90, we keep it going for as long as there's interest in it. And when we see the numbers that people are clicking on it, liking it, and how far it's reaching some of these features, why wouldn't we keep doing them? Because it's a really nice way to ease into the weekend when we've got a 10 song playlist. So. Um, yeah, Corvo, if you're listening, keep uh, uh, just send it through when you're ready, mate. You've got a couple of weeks, so no great rush, but you know that already, so that's cool. Brilliant, brilliant. So thank you for that, mate. Uh, thank you for everyone that's listening. That the, the I'm not sure if you had it over your way, uh, Robbie, because that's the crow fly. Robbie's about, what, 15 miles from me? It's absolutely whizzing it down here, mate. Have you had all of this yet? It's been raining. I did have to get up and shut the door a minute ago, but... Uh, other than that, it's um, you know people, people don't want to hear the weather updates. It's probably pissing it down all across the UK, isn't it? And um, yeah, well, I'm a, I'm I'm a bit worried, mate. That if I open the door, I'm not going to be in Kansas anymore, mate. It's going to be a yellow brick road and little fellas running around in green, telling me to go to the Emerald City. It's that fucking biblical, mate. I tell you. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I'll tell you what. If you if you dressed up in green, you could be one of those little fellas. <laughs> well, yeah, they wouldn't let me out, would they? Um, <laughs> I did see on the back of a, um, it was a TV guide that's inside a reasonably well-known newspaper. For two hundred quid, you could get a, a Wizard of the Wizard of Oz cuckoo clock. Well, that seems very good value, that car. Yeah, told my missus about it. She she went fucking loopy. Did she? Why did you order her one? Uh, order her one. It was going to be for the studio, mate. <laughs> it was always a bit scary, the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. It's, it's certainly not a kid's... T- it's very dark kind of humour, isn't it? Dark, it's not humour at all, but it's very dark film, considering it is a bit of a fairy story. Did you did you hear about the um, the uh, munchkin that hung himself and you can see him in the background? No, is this one of those things like to, like uh, in Ben-Hur where there's a mini parked up while the chariots are driving around? Yeah, well, no, that's... It's a, bit more, it's a little bit more 
Yeah, no, this is um, this is like I say, he hung himself, and then when they, it's just after that where all the trees try and grab him and stuff, and you could apparently make out a silhouette in the background as they're walking off. But anyway, go ahead and and, and try and find that on the Wizard of Oz. Right then, mate, shall we try and get? I'm, I'm, I've raised my voice a little bit just because I'm very conscious that you can you can hear me over the rain. Um, shall we talk about the album of the fortnight? Yeah, we've probably got five minutes on this, haven't we? I, I think so, mate. One thing I didn't do, though, I didn't put the scores on the door, so I better find them, hadn't I? Well, we know it's sub seven anyway, don't we? We do know it's sub seven. Um, yes, I've got it here. Um, we have got, we had 99 people vote on it, so it was a big, big vote. 6.59 out of 10, mate. Wow. Wow, that's considering this was supposed to be one of their big, you know, this was when thrash metal was you know, 90, it's 1990. I've kind of uh, I mean, uh, I've 91, I think. 91, okay. So thrash was going, but I think Brandy touched upon it, didn't he? About the it was rushed a bit before the mm. uh, Clash of the Titans and that kind of thing. Yeah. But six point five. I think That's a few people. I think a few people mentioned that the uh, the rushness of it, um, and we're not talking about the Canadian trio either. And so, you know, you're, you're a Testament fan. What did you think when it came out of the hat? You, you like Souls of Black? I, it came out, and I've, I haven't listened to it for a long, long time, and I kind of thought, mm, uh, well, I'm doing the Testament daily. So really it's more relevant if I talk about not going to enjoy t- uh, Souls of Black too much because I remember at the time coming out and not liking it. But all the songs I've heard so far I've really enjoyed. So I like it more now than I did back in the day. But my overall feelings of it, really, listening to it in its entire um, I've, I've, I've scribbled some notes, which I shall hastily find now, was uh, poor drumming. Fucking drumming is dreadful. I'm no drummer. You or I could do that drumming. He's like the Phil Rudd of drummers. Um, and it was just um, just a bit samey, to be honest with you. It, there wasn't a lot of variety in there. and it, I mean, there's some good songs, some good riffs, some just some majestic solos. And I did enjoy it. I have to say I enjoyed a lot of the songs, and some of them went went quite high for me as well. But overall, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a samey album, to be honest. What about you? What did you think? Well, it's no common it's common knowledge that I'm not a big Testament fan. Oh, However, course, I'm not going to yeah. sit here and say. I'm not going to give it a zero out of ten or a one out of ten. Whilst I do see how people, if they don't like the band, they'll go right. It's a zero, one out of ten, and people vote however they want. I do fully appreciate Testament's influence, their technical brilliance, their kind of position within thrash metal, um, and, and their musicianship is unbelievable. Uh, it's a great, great cover. It's a, I think it's a really, really clever, iconic artwork, lovely colours. And Souls of Black, for me, as a song, is a great, big commercial thrash metal song it's a mm. bit mid-paced you know he's kind of mm. got that song that maybe that they were kind of needing for that clash of the titans that branny spoke about but it was never gonna get any better than i already remembered it as yeah. my my i say repeated listens my three-quarter listen to the whole album again was more than enough to make me remember that it's just 
it's just not for me at all. And, and I'll tell you, I, it, that was highlighted when um, I was listening to Neil Coggins, as I always do, and people get bored of me going, oh, here he is again. <laughs> but listen to Neil Coggins' Full Metal Racket radio show that he did fairly recently. He played a Testament song, and it was called Full, F- F- Failing Fast. Okay. And he played that, and I was just sitting there listening to that, and I was just, as I was driving, just listening to it, it was doing absolutely nothing to me. I was just driving along. He then played, went straight into Forbidden Evil by Forbidden. I literally punched the air with my fist. Well, punched the air. I punched the ceiling of my van as I'm driving along because the difference that you can get from two thrash metal songs for me is miles apart and these are two bands that they, they, certainly testament were one of the biggest bands around at the time yeah. and the fact that the production in both of those songs looking back is so different yeah i know it's it's what you like and and if you don't like one band you're gonna like the other but for me to hear one song that just did absolutely nothing for me to then hear another one it was just like one of those moments where it's like, bang, yes, this is what thrash metal can be. And sadly for me, Souls of Black is not what thrash metal can be. I found it boring, turgid, just limp, really. And um, yeah, just it doesn't do an awful lot. I think I gave it a five at most, just purely, as I said, because I respect their influence and the technical brilliance of those players. And probably for the cover the cover got five wow well it's interesting you say that because it's falling fast that's on souls of black and uh, i couldn't I, I mean i've written a whole kind of line about it um, but it's basically the kind of arrangement of it but i did put on there some deathly vocals on there but there's a lot of echo on the vocals as well for that particular song it's a uh, third song in second one proper and it, the echo on the vet on the vocals was was very prominent on that one that's when i really noticed the uh, the reverb on it but um people did like it mate uh, but did, yeah. Chris, let, let's let's Chris get Gamble. into the uh, to the members. Yeah, well, Chris Gambold, he, he always writes a good comment. He said, in spite of its issues, I have a soft spot for this one. It's got some great songs on it, such as Malpractice, One Man's Fate, and Seven Days of May. And you get a lethal, ultra-brutal rhythm guitar performance from Eric Peterson, who also wrote the whole thing in just a few weeks, which go quite a long way towards mitigating the dreadful production courtesy of Michael Rosen, who also butchered violence nothing to gain around the same time, despite making a good job of forbidden twisted into form. And the uninspired to the point being a bit crap drumming of Louis Clemente but I, I still don't think Chris that that uh, excuses or mitigates the dreadful production even even the best producers of their time surely if they got how long do they get to produce an album surely they could do a better job than what was done here I, I think the uh, the consensus is and I'm not sure if this is true but this was written arranged, recorded, mixed, mastered, and out in six weeks. So how much time have you got producing this album? Mm, uh, yeah, I don't know how long the production part of that falls into those six weeks, but yeah. maybe then there's mitigated circumstances. Chris, I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, Chris. Uh, at the time, I listened to it a lot and have played it a fair bit in the intervening years. Just listen to it now, though. I found that the chorus is still in my head and very quickly I was singing along. And a testament to Peterson's songwriting uh, and a testament to Peterson's songwriting talent. 
So yes, it's the weakest of the first four Testament records, but when the standard was so high, it's still head and shoulders above so many of their competitors. And I think, yeah, um, I mean, he was talking about malpractice. I gave that a 9 out of 10. I thought it was a great technical sounding song. Long solo on that one, of course. And I think that is the difference, the Alex Skolnick factor. He is just an incredible guitarist. Um, uh, Mr. Peterson is a fantastic, Eric Peterson is a fantastic rhythm guitarist, a great riffer. So when you get those two together, there's, even if you've got a couple of weeks to write and record all of this, you're going to get something, aren't you? That's what I think the factor is. Absolutely, yeah. Whereas Darren Jones, he he didn't quite see. Go on, hit, hit, hit us, Darren. What did you say? He said, "I don't want to be overcritical, but it's bloody awful." But, but there you go. It's it's that is uh, um, that is in the conversation as well with this album. It's Testament fans will will defend it. Uh, thrashers will defend it, but at some point, a lot of because it wasn't the most critically acclaimed it didn't come in ranked as their their best people did not like this album and they 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 struggled to come back after this one really Dean Hughes he says excellent one of my all time favourite bands so we'll happily give this another listen great album cover too I nearly chose this when doing my Thrash Island disc a while back but decided to go with practice what you preach instead both quality in my opinion okay so they kind of wrapped up you know there wasn't a great deal of time difference between the release of practice and the release of um, Souls of Black bearing in mind that there was a full tour involved in there and obviously the recording of a new album and interesting to say about the album cover when i saw them on the clash of the titans tour the reason that they did rush this album the album cover their backdrop was a massive massive um just portrait of the front cover but they kind of it kind of sloped up in like an arc if you like and they deliberately made it all creasy i suppose so it looked a little bit more kind of gothic almost worked brilliantly worked brilliantly Terry Mapp, he said, first arena gig I ever saw was Clash of the Titans. Every band was legendary that day, but anyway, this was never my go-to album. That would be the new order, but I liked it enough to get the main soul tattooed on me, which is a great example of the cover, but hey, I was young and the artist was shit. <laughs> the album itself is as every, roost, every review states, rushed and full of filler, but even Poor Testament was better than many of the peers in the 90s. Yeah, I mean, how good is a rushed testament? I know we've given it into the sub-seven. It's half a mark before it can enter that um, that seven, the, uh, the, the Hall of Fame. But that is a very good question, Terry. How good, how much better a testament at their rushed and at their weakest compared to everyone else at their best? Good question. Well, they're not as good as Forbidden, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't know, you well, may. Coroner A. Lee shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a great thing, though. You know, we've had Chris there talking about how, how good they are. And then on the contrary, you've got Darren saying it's bloody awful. Mm. And we're all here because we like heavy bass music, people that play guitars. But we can all hear something totally different and, mm. and or certainly like what we're hearing or dislike what we're hearing. And that, for me, is what makes it so cool. Definitely brilliant. Uh, Brian D'Andrade, he said, I never understood how people love practice but dissolves. They're very interchangeable for me. I love Ride the Lightning and Master of Puppets. 
Extreme Aggression, Coma of Souls. Some great songs on this album, only two weak spots, The Ballad and The Title Track. I saw them open for and blow Slayer away in February of 91 on this tour. Testament opened with Eerie Inhabitants and went straight into Raging Waters. I'm curious what the set list was like on the Euro Clash tour, so someone please tell me so I don't have to look it up. Best tracks for me, Facing the Sky, Falling First, uh, Falling Fast, Absence of Light and Seven Days of May. Great guitar solos on Malpractice. Yeah, that big long one on that one, yeah. Um, I tried, I mean, obviously I was there. I know they played Souls of Black. I know they played Practice What You Preach. I can't, they didn't have, uh, Wembley certainly, they on the Clash of the Times tour, didn't have that much time. 35 minutes at the absolute most, if I remember rightly. Um so, but I'm I'm curious to know as well. I've tried. I don't think it's on set list FM, but I will have another look for you, Brian, as well. Um, and yeah, it's interesting saying that people love practice because all of the stuff on practice that I don't like are, are present on this album as well. Like the very very basic drummings. I, I, it, it's interesting that doing the Testament daily, my. I always thought practice what you preach is it's kind of like my, my gateway album as far as Testament are concerned. Um, and then we had souls of black and it's interesting after all these years that I'm actually not liking practice as you preach as much because of the stuff I'm finding out about the poor drumming and it, it kind of, it rolls along kind of the same without too much definition, which I accuse souls of black being, but then I'm uh, enjoying Souls of Black a lot more. So they kind of eat for, I think Brian has hit the nail on the head for me that they are very equal albums now, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Scott Kinkeller, he says, Seven Days of May is still one of my favourite all-time tracks from Testament. In my opinion, this album was the beginning of the decline of Testament, though, until Low and The Gathering. Even they seemed to struggle with what they actually wanted to be as a band. The Ritual was a good example of this. Yeah, I think The Ritual is a good example of that. I think um, it's been hit. I listened to the Different Times podcast, and they were talking about a lot of bands cashing in on a bit of a uh, when the black album came out every band that followed metallica were like well we, we we need to do that that's what metallica have done we need to cash in on that it's gone huge but i think there was just no room because everyone wanted the black album and not anyone sounding like them so i think that's where the ritual fell foul but i do think yeah seven days of may is the last song which was a question on the uh, on the quiz which we'll get on to later later and i do believe there is a bit of a key change in there, a bit of a Eurovision key change in there, which was all right. I gave it an 8 out of 10, that one. I think it was a good track. And just in answer to Brian's question, uh, I've just had a look on Setlist FM. Ooh. It's there. Six, six tracks were played. Is this at Wembley? The Wem- was this the Wembley show? Yeah, so you've got Face in the Sky. Okay. Then got Souls of Black, The New Order, Practice What You Preach, Trial by Fire, and Burned Offerings. Oh, see, that ain't a bad set. Well, that must be 35 minutes, is it? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't say exactly what it was, but you've got, you've got two off Souls of Black, two off The New Order, one off Practice What You Preach, and one off The Legacy. Yep. So, I do, yes, I think I remember being disappointed they didn't play Over the Wall now. You just said that, yeah. Yeah, because that is uh, that's probably that's my favourite song. That's me using the uh, FM stats. That's me not. That's not me knowing what, what the album. No, where the songs coming from. So. <laughs> yeah, I would have been if you would have plucked that from thin air, not actually being 
at the gig or indeed a Testament fan, that would have been something else, mate. Certainly not testament. In fact, me and me and Seth this on. Uh, I'm certainly not um, as Brian was. Where let's ask Brian when was the last time that Megadeth played? I ain't superstitious. And come back. <laughs> the last time they played that was 1992 yes. in Bogota. <laughs> yes, there was a riot afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> um, rightly so. Warren Elliott. Good evening, Warren. Hope you're doing well, mate. Uh, the title track to me is one of their best ever, and I love the album overall. I don't know where I'd place it among their entire discography, but it's up there. I used to wait with bated breath as a kid for Testament albums. Well, you've set yourself a challenge there, Warren. Where does it end? Where does it? Um, where is it placed among their discography? You're going to have to go and listen to it and rank them and stack them, mate, aren't you? Mick O'Reilly, he says, was already a big fan from the first three albums when this came out, so slightly disappointed when I first got it when realised that then I went and saw them for the first time live at Wembley on the London Lego Clash of the Titans tour and was absolutely blown away. I went back and gave it a second chance. Still, I would say not up to their usual standards, but I suppose those standards are judged by over the wall eerie inhabitants and do or die so that's a tough act to follow it's still a poor album by them and one if someone was asking for a recommendation i'd tell them to pass a five out of ten for me well it's a good point mick because i think if you're judging them by over the wall and eerie inhabitants this song this album doesn't stand a chance so if it's standalone and, and how it sits with you as far as thrash metal is concerned it's um you know, I, t- I tell them it's a pass of five out of ten. I think it's better, but from what you're saying, and maybe it's better than that. But yeah, it's definitely not up with the rest of their earlier material, mate. No, no, and, and as we've touched upon many times, the uh, the production lens t- t- does no favours whatsoever, d- does it? And I think yeah. what Branny uh, said, and many people will have um, certainly certainly be aware of but that the, he said that it was um it was rushed wasn't it for yeah. the uh, clash of the titans show he said um uh, something about uh, we kind of rushed out souls of black just to get on the bill um, mm. but we didn't want to miss the tour and our label said we'd have an album out yeah and i think that was kind of what he said and and that's that's why it pushed through really yeah now interesting you say that just on a bit of a obviously we are Howard H. Smith Patreons, and we have a Zoom call, and he's always up for a question. I think I'm going to ask him that as a, as a question, mate. I'm going to say, let's say Acid Rain get an opportunity for a brilliant tour. Let's say um, Slayer and uh, sorry, Megadeth and Anthrax are doing a double headliner, and they want Acid Rain on the bill and someone else. And you've got six weeks going around Europe in academies or, or um, arenas. Um, and it's the tour starts in seven weeks. The record company want an album out in six weeks. Do you? And the only way you can get on that tour is by getting that album out. Do you rush the album and get it out so you can do the tour, or do you pass? Mm, that'd be interesting because mm. there's a that's a real dilemma, isn't it? Certainly, well, it might not be a dilemma at all for a musician because they might go, "No, there's no way we are going to compromise our." Or art just to get out there and, and play to a few more people because many people remember us from our album and you know we we, we know we can put on a live show but you know, if the album's shit and it doesn't sell then you know we'll always be remembered by that but it's gaining new fans and what where yeah 
It's, it's just... I don't. I don't. I don't know. Interesting <laughs> question. So I'm going to pose that to Mr. Howard H. Smith at our next. Uh, uh, I know uh, Mark Pensum's on it. I know Paul's on here, um, and um, so yeah, John Andrews is uh, maybe listening. So. Um, if I forget, just remind me. But I, I, I think I will ask that question, and I'll ask him. And I'll ask him um, also because I know. And if anyone ever sees Howard H. Smith, they've got to ask the same question: whether he likes Joey Belladonna or or, or John Bush better. And will you ask him, Carl, um, about who um, a comedy question as well, as opposed to all the music? <laughs> questions because you always ask him the really good questions about comedy I know, well i know mate what can what can i say i'm just you know the the the, uh, the length and depth of my uh, of my comedy knowledge is, is massive as, a, as as is yours mate but um yeah that we, we we could always ask that but i heard a rumor and i don't know well i'll tell you where this rumor come from after you heard I, a rumor that it was me that yeah, no, I did. Well, that's more fact as rumour, mate, to be honest with you. Um, so, But when you ever get credited for something, you kind of take it, don't you? Well, the quiet ones never get credit, Carl. Well, no, that's right. That's right. The uh, the people doing the nuts and bolts never get credited. Yeah. The visionary, you're always always the man oh, in the, the front. Visionary. How, is, how is the urban festival? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's still in my vision, mate. But um, it's uh, – what was I going to say? Uh, oh, yeah, the rumour um, about us right now. I shall tell you where uh, I heard this rumour. But obviously, um, violence just this week have been pulled from Bloodstock for obvious reasons. Um, so they're not doing it. And I heard in kind of in honour, in ode, in like a tribute, if you like, Acid Rain are going to do a violence cover. Ah, that's, that sounds interesting. That sounds pretty cool. We just you- spoke about the, uh, the, the kind of... Well, 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 before before you start talking about it, do you, you, do you want to know where that rumour came from? Uh, go on then. I just made it up. Oh. <laughs> I want people to start talking about it so it gets back to Acid Rain and then they do actually do a violence cover. Oh, okay. So, you know what I mean? So I didn't want you to get too passionate, but what were you going on to say? Something quite... Uh, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it doesn't matter, but... You know, I was talking about the spoken word sections of songs earlier. Mm. Since then, I've been thinking, kind of trying to wrap my brains within the woods from the uh, age of time. Yes. That's got a really cleverly kind of spoken word bit at the, uh, the front of it. Yeah. And also, uh, Thoughtful Sleep from the one of the best Rush albums ever made. Uh, in that, they've got mm. the uh, spoken word bit as well. I do like so, it. Of, yeah. Yeah. Rain like a bit of spoken word as well. So yeah. we should, we should, whilst we do the gigs and radio section, you know, gigs and radio, or a bit like Bolton's Bangers, like gigs and radio. Yeah. Gigs and radio <laughs> shows. We should have an acid rain section because um, I'm sure we could. No, no maybe, maybe we won't, but um, we'll just keep, uh, just keep chatting about them. Well, when Obnoxious gets um, selected to go on the club, mate, you're, you're going to be wanking yourself silly, aren't you? Oh, dear, dear. Yeah, that pink cover is going to be a right old mess, isn't it? Yeah, yes, 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 it is, mate. It's going to be splattered. It's going to be that splattered vinyl, mate. But um, so, yeah, anyway, getting back to uh, Testament Souls of Black, that is Testament Souls of Black. It's in it's in there with Megadeth. We haven't got a Megadeth album in the Hall of Fame, and yet we have got a Megadeth album in the Sub-7. We've got a Testament album in the Sub-7. However, just forgot... Mega uh, Testament were going for this was album number two to try and get into the um, into the Hall of Fame. 
didn't manage it. They didn't. What Megadeth is it? Is it the system has failed? The system has failed. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, the, the guys on the Tempercast, um, Dio and Luke, speak about a lot of the Megadeth albums. And for me, my Megadeth kind of um, loving stopped uh, just rust in peace, really. So I, I, I like Dystopia, but other than that, those some of those other albums, I, I wouldn't even have a clue what the songs were. But it was quite interesting to hear that the, the, you know, I, I know the names of Risk, Cryptic Writings, um, Endgame and um, the other ones, but I wouldn't have a clue where they are in regards to how Megadeth fans regard them. So it's quite an interesting listen, and um, they're both big Megadeth fans, so it's pretty cool. No, that was cool. That was cool. Okay, so that's uh, Souls of Black. Now, it's interesting that you aren't a massive fan of Souls of Black. I saw how you voted on the current album of the Fortnite, which, was pe- which is Pestilence, um, human impulse no it's not it's consuming impulse sorry I can't change that the edit won't let me uh, the uh, poll won't let me edit the post so apologies about that but I, I am failing to connect with that album on kind of any level whatsoever other than riffs are good and it's heavy that's about it you say you saw how I voted I haven't voted yet for it oh I thought you would put it as a, a nine I haven't. If I have, it's um, been. I've clicked it accidentally, probably while I was sitting on my phone, and my girls were jumping on top of me on the sofa. Oh, okay. And, and my thumb hit the thing, but I, I certainly haven't. To, to be honest, mate, I haven't given it enough tension. Uh, what I like to do, as I'm sure you do, is when we get around to the fortnight, is give them a, a good few listens over oh, the yeah, fortnight. Yeah. And I haven't been able to give pestilence, consuming impulse, enough listens at the moment to really warrant. Um, giving it a, a, a kind of a valid score. So if I did give it a nine, it's uh, it's uh, not intended, but that's going to be interesting. Then, but if if uh, you don't like it either, it's going to be an interesting podcast. That one. <laughs> so you're not you're not connecting with it. Wow. No, but it, it, for me, it's it's death metal, and I think in in my more recent years. Um, I'm I'm moving. F- you know, I was never a massive death metal fan anyway. I I have to put that. I like I said uh, before that I went down the hardcore route and didn't particularly connect with death metal too much anyway. Yes, the big ones I did. Napalm Death, of course, but they're kind of on their own, aren't they? Um, obituary, yes, of course. I thought I connected with death and tried to listen to spiritual healing, which I didn't connect with at all. And I've got this same feeling with this, although I never really liked or heard this Pestilence album before this, really. If I was going to listen to a Pestilence album, it would have been um, Testimony of the Ages. Yeah. Um, but now I'm, I'm, I'm second-guessing that because I haven't heard that for a while, mate. No, no, that, 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 is, that is classic. I'm like you, really, with the classics. Um, death metal, it can, it can bore me senseless if it, if it is just constant and do, 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 do. a whole album of it is nothing. It, it, it's just too much. But that's why that At The Gates album at the moment is oh. just very, very different. Now, that is, that is interesting because, yes, I did listen to the At The Gates album and I absolutely loved it, mate. I, I, yeah. I'm, I, I've listened to it a few times, which I can't mm. say... I've done that to many death albums, death metal albums. However, I also listened to the Cannibal Corpse album, and I'm really liking that as well. Oh, that's interesting. That's that's cool to hear because I've not given that a listen, and that I'm put off by that because my Cannibal Corpse listening in the past has been very much on board by two songs in. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, people say, oh, give this a go, and I really should then. Yeah, no, well, I, I mean, it's, um, what can I say? Well, the riffs are very good, and I can always say that about death metal. That's the only kind of thing that I really connect with death metal is a lot of it, the riffs are very good, but it's kind of, it's like eating your greens, isn't it? It's like a bowl full of cabbage. It's it, There's not a lot of hook there, um, or I don't think there is. And there isn't a lot on the Cannibal Corpse, but what they do, they just, they kind of just power through that a little bit. And it they are a little bit out on their own. Again, a little bit like Napalm Death. I kind of forgive them a lot, whereas other death metal albums I won't. Um, I can't, they just sound a bit sharper, a bit more edgier, and a little bit more fresher than others. Certainly That's cool. Yeah. Maybe I will still give it. I'll go back to it. I need to get listening to Pestilence, though. Yeah, okay, get a list because we've only got what, another five days of voting, mate. So you need to, yeah, otherwise the podcast next week is going to be me slagging it off and you go, well, I didn't listen to it. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I mean, I have heard it before, but it's a long, long time ago. And of course, we've got a big weekend of um, debut albums yes. to listen to. So. I've made my decision on that one as well, but um, we'll save that till next week. Um, shall we go on to The Hierarchy Decides? Yes. This won't take long at all, mate. Now, who was going to talk about this, you or me? That was you, Carl. That was me. So uh, thank you for everyone doing their homework. We released the uh, the fourth Hierarchy Decides podcast. So massive thanks to uh, Mark Pensum, Robbie Maguire, Carl Black, John Deary, uh, Robbie again, and Gareth Pugh for submitting their homework and producing a fairly decent um well, their, their reviews were decent. The uh, the Pratt rambling in between them wasn't so good. But um, I, I it was great. I, I literally sat here. I keyed them all up. I deliberately didn't read or listen to any of the reactions. And then I just listened to them and then reacted as it was, as, as, as if we're doing the podcast here. So what, as you can hear me, is me scribbling notes about um, uh, from, from the reactions that people gave and uh, thoroughly enjoyed it. So uh, thank you to all of those people who uh, contributed. Yeah, it was cool. Uh, really good. Even the people that didn't record anything, uh, John and Mark Pensum, still fantastic re- reviews that we were able to read out and yeah gareth as well with his six minute epic uh, little did he know that he was supplying inspiration for the quiz yes he well as, as soon as he said that because i've had the quiz in the back i went that is a great question to have and even if no one gets it they will read that question that's what i like when i like doing quick quiz questions you think you read the question i don't know the answer to that but when i find the answer to that that's sticking with me because that's great that's what I want to know, sort of, you know, shit like that. And um, and Gareth absolutely pulled that out of the bag. So um, that was great. But Gareth did comment on that. He said, my review is that long. You'll want to chop my head off before it's finished. And I think that is relation to the uh, – so maybe we should put someone's head in that or uh, sort of metaphorically speaking into the gallows. So this for, pod, for Hierarchy 4, uh, Gareth's head is in the gallows. Absolutely, yeah. And um... – a big thank you also so far because we've got a lot of people that have requested homework for the next hierarchy decides and yeah. as and when it drip feeds in we'll we'll collate it together. Andrew Matthews has already submitted his three 
spoken word pieces so they are in the bag ready to, to go out and that's really cool there might be a bit of a, a couple of weeks yet Andrew because like I said there's um, uh, yours is the only one that's ready <laughs> at the moment yeah, well, so then... once I get my one done uh, I've got Absu Carl's got um, Heathen oh, Evolution yes, of Chaos yeah. and I'm sure there's a few more that have got bits and pieces so no doubt we'll get it done definitely so thank you for that and go and have a listen and be entertained with everyone's efforts on that one that was a that was a good one um so mate um guess what we've got coming up now is it marilyn monroe singing happy birthday to mr razor's edge <laughs> back to ramble on for a couple of minutes about all the comings and goings over at www.theracersedge.rocks over the past week. The road to Bloodstock starts here. Our festival coverage kicked off last week and will run right through to the festival weekend and indeed on beyond that too. Last week we chatted with Simon Hall, frontman of Beholder, about the band's farewell set due for Wednesday night at this year's festival. We cover the band's history at the festival, once being known as the house band, and what they have in store for this year. And as Simon is also heavily involved behind the scenes at the festival, we touch on that too. Then on Tuesday morning, Paul spoke to Black Me Metal Outfit, Agrona, about their plans for this year's event. You can catch them on Saturday on the Sophie stage and Paul's chat on our website now. In the next few weeks, we'll have more interviews with bands playing the festival, plus a look back at festival's past and a preview, preview of this year's event. And of course, we'll be on site this year bringing you very latest from the festival and interviewing some killer bands over the weekend, so keep your eyes on our site and our socials. Of course, yesterday the news broke that violence had pulled out of the festival. It had been heavily rumoured prior to last weekend that the band had dropped out, but the official word came yesterday, along with Ginger dropping out too. But on the plus side, Devin is in the country and isolating in a hotel, ready for the show on Friday night. Away from Broadstock, there's been plenty of news over the past week, including new album announcements from the Night Flight Orchestra, British Thrashers, Eliminator, Japanese Proggers, Mono, and some bands called Iron Maiden. Plus, we shared some new music videos from Tremonti, Zealand Adore, and Aborted. On the album review front, last week we covered some great thrashy and death-filled albums, including the likes of Craven Idol, Hypnosia, Eradicator, and Mordred. Already this week we have reviewed the reissues of Vader's De Profundis and King Woman's new album Celestial Blues, another contender for Album of the Year out this Friday on Relapse Records. And over the rest of the week we'll be reviewing new albums from Dee Snider, Ingested, Swallowed the Sun and a lot more. On Thursday morning we'll be having an exclusive chat with Welsh rockers Florence Black, the day before their latest single gets released. As ever we'll be bringing you the latest news and music videos and more, so keep your eyes on our socials and our website, www.theraisersedge.rocks. That's enough from me, back to Carl and Robbie in the Thrash Album Club studio. So thank you to Mr. Tim Finch um, uh, from the Razor's Edge for giving us that segment. One take Charlie as ever, um, although last week's he said it wasn't. It's shitloads of um, takes yet the, um, the last one. But that one was one take, I am sure. And it's all about the bloodstock, mate. 
Oh, yeah, the Razor's the Edge. The, 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 the countdown to Bloodstock is on. Countdown, yeah. Big news. Big news, big news. Um, so uh, thank you for that, mate. Go and check out all the stuff on there and no no doubt revving them uh, up to, to uh, Bloodstock weekend, which is in as we are here at the moment. It's in two weeks' time. In fact, because isn't it? There's revelry going on on the Thursday, isn't it? So it is literally oh, fourteen there's days. Always, always shenanigans on the Thursday, yeah. Yeah, the Midgard crazies go crazy, don't they? It's uh, they let out the cage, uh, and obviously having the uh, delay in festivities, it's going to be absolute carnage. Now, um, I'm going to go up Friday, um, uh, so I'm up for meeting. But have you got the? plectrums mate all the picks so i can hand yeah. them out to various people you're gonna to have to yeah, get them to me absolutely and i will i will indeed hand them out if you see me and you've got to utter the phrase silla black is a cunt bag you too will get a, a pick if you want one well i was thinking a bit of live housekeeping that uh, we need to probably get done is when we went last time we had a load of stickers that we just scattered around like yes. on tables oh we, yes we, we did yeah. maybe we need to get some of them made and you can slip, slip, slip them in your pocket and, and whack them on the centre of the pole in the Sophie tent and, and places like that people's backs if you go up to them and you know when you're at school and you used to yeah. the, kick me on the back of someone and you'd you know, fall into them and, and whack their back with a bit mm. of sellotape on a bit of paper not that I ever did that because I was a nice bloke at school but you know you could always whack a Flash Metal Lab and the Fortnite Club on um, the biggest bloke that you'll probably stand behind because you're little and yeah. you're always behind someone tall. So. Yeah. No, well, yeah, you know, I pick my battles and everything. So, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Um, yes, but you got to remember when you were sticking them, I mean, you stuck them on a wheelie bin, didn't you? And you stuck them, uh, you stuck one in the middle, you know, the boards that stop people from shimmying up the poles in the tent. You, I remember you launched one on that. I, I was I was stone cold sober. Were you pissed out your nuggets? So you had a bit more Dutch courage than me. <laughs> it was cider. I don't normally drink cider, but throughout the day, sometimes it's just nice to have something that's a bit more refreshing. Some of the lagers there were a bit, 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 bit ropey. And, and do they not have? Do they not have Carling there? Then? Bar was the, the queue was too big, so I just I just went for the cider. Go for the cider. Do you know? I think I um I was really tempted that one year, the last time we went to download when Slayer were playing, and um I was thinking there was this whacking great queue for the beer tent, and at the end there was this prosecco stand. <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> if I'm drinking, I'm going there. One, there's no queue, and two, I don't have to piss as much if I get wasted on prosecco. But I was yeah. I was driving. You have, and that, pay, you have to pay five times the amount. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you do, but then the queue was probably worth it. You know, if you think if you think of a of, a, of an hourly rate, you know, you you standing in that queue for an hour to get a pint of beer, you know, it, it works out itself, mate. That's all I'm saying. Uh, it'd be good, uh, it'd be good for you to meet up with members down at the old Lemmy Bar, anyway. Yes, definitely, absolutely. So I, I'm there Friday only, though. But the good news, which I quite like about it, is I'm up for. I mean, it's all business uh, up until after Acid Rain to be well. There's Acid Rain, there's Evil, and there's also Shrapnel. Um, but I'm looking forward to also seeing the Wild Hearts. But the good thing about the Wild Hearts is I'm not really up for concentrating that hard one you don't have to concentrate that too hard on the wild hearts because they're just a good sing-song fun band and two i'm not a massive passionate fan so it's going to be quite cool that if you you know if, if everyone's knocking around that we can have a good natter um and that would be cool 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, we've had some members that have already got into the festival spirit, haven't they? Yes, let's talk about that. Um, Neil Bolton, he of Bangers, and the machine, uh, Paul Hutchins, met up at Steelhouse Festival at the top of a Welsh mountain. Uh, yeah. last weekend and they um they said hello to everyone in the club tagged everyone in so i thought fuck it i'm pissed off. this is on a friday evening choir boys are on the stage spikes twirling his his mic stand like a marionette um uh, is that is that even a word it's like a is that is that what it is with the ones that used to throw the uh the the, the things up in the air i don't know a majorette sorry not a marionette that's a puppet um and um they they they've done a bit of a selfie going on i thought fuck it I've had a bit of wine. Let's stick that up as the cover photo. And it got quite a good reaction. So good on those two. Yeah, two, two of the club's big hitters. We had the machine and um, the custodian of Bolton's Bangers. It was great that through the club, they. The, it's great that through the club, people have, you know, made these friendships that, mm. that you know, you or I may not even ever hear about. That, the, you know, someone might be communicating with someone on messenger and and they've now become friends and that's great but then to actually physically meet up with people at festivals it's wonderful that music is bringing people together and this club has brought people together so it was cool that a festival occurred and um two of our friends neil and paul were able to meet up and um yeah paul wrote a big big review didn't he for razor's edge that went out today Mm. I did read that, yeah. It sounded yeah. A, a lot of fun, and I missed what a genuine live review sounded like as well. Certainly with the festival where you are you can't write loads about one band because it's a, it's a festival. If you did that, the, the article would be uh, as long as your arm and you get the scroll of death going on. But he wrote a nice punchy little piece about each band, and I forgot, you know, the, the even forgot about, you know, when you're, you're looking down it and then you put the band's name in bold so you can say, well, I'm reviewing this band here. So if you're only interested in therapy, this is where the review is. Uh, I even forgot about that because it's been so long since I've read a live review. Sadly, didn't write enough about. Just don't mention Stone Broken, Carl, because um, Stone Broken. <laughs> yeah, I think Paul said something like, uh, "I'm off to." Um, uh, I've never really liked them, so I'm off to um, have a can of something cold and a bacon sandwich. Yeah, so, yeah, fair enough. You know, it's kind of just you can't see every band on the weekend, can you? So he's going to get a cold tinny and um, a bacon sarnie. Yeah, yeah, cool. There, there was a bit of a backlash from people saying, oh, it's oh, blah, blah, blah. And oh, this, that, really? And and, yeah, yeah. Oh. So, um, oh, the machine. Well, the machine can handle that, can't he? I mean, he's... Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to be fair, that, you're going to go to a festival, you're not going to you're not going to like every band there. And if you don't like them, you're not going to see every band there. And, um, and, you've, got to eat, and you've got to eat and drink as well. Absolutely. It's a bit like my room. When two, three years ago, did one for Razor's Edge, and I said something very similar, like I expected more people to be in the Sophie Tent for Raging Speedhorn. Yeah. That was pretty much all I said. I didn't say they were bad. You know, I enjoyed their live show, but we got there quite late because we've been over uh, at the main stage. But I just expected more people to be there for for Raging Speedhorn. It's funny how people take. Yeah. reviews in a different way to what you meet them there was no way that i intended any kind of nastiness in it but people no. take things and it's um it's, it's a shame really because you're all there for the same thing and if you don't like something then you know paul didn't stand there and say it's awful it was great that there were so many so many bands like you say when you you see the highlights that mm. are therapy choir boys um uriah heap um, phil campbell all these yeah. different bands 
you're there for a weekend and you just want to have a good time. Yeah, that's you know, even if you hate the choir boys and and <laughs> just standing in a field with friends, <laughs> it's going to be good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a few beers is um, yeah. yeah, and a bacon sandwich. Great to see uh, live music back up and running. Yeah, wow. yes, definitely. Let's keep it on. Um, Another thing that we mentioned in the club that I am, I've uh, got some uh, coming to a bit of um, bangers and mash, so I'm going to be spending it on this. Um, Elimination have an album out. We're incredibly proud to finally announce that our new album, Echoes of the Abyss, will be out on the 29th of the 10th. 2021 and you can pre-order on vinyl cd or digital and in various bundles in the link below so i'm going to go to the bigcartel.com so it's elimination.bigcartel.com and i'm going to order one of those said bundles there's, uh, a, hip, there's a hip flask bundle mate <laughs> yeah that's the beauty now you can do all sorts can't you yeah i'll be doing the same thing once uh it's been a Busy couple of uh, busy couple of months on the uh, vinyl buying front. There's been some great albums out, so uh, yeah, the elimination one will happen, but it just hasn't happened yet. Obviously, Maiden has uh, come out, and um, oh. a few other ones. Yeah. It hasn't come out yet, but the pre-orders have gone in for it, and and certainly there was a Voivod one and all sorts of things. So, how much is the without sounding crude, mate? Give me a a ballpark figure on how much the pre-order is for the Maiden vinyl. We got a red and a black uh, coloured maiden one, which I think is about fifty nine ninety nine. Okay. You've got a black. Is it a double black. vinyl? I take it. Is it? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's double or triple. I think. It's oh wow! Okay. Certainly, um, I think it's double. I'm not sure. Um, and the black one is, I think, just forty pounds for the black. Which I say just forty pounds. It's forty pounds. So yeah. it's, it's it's still a fair a fair go, really. You know, if you're gonna, if you're a bit of a completist as well, and you want yeah. to, you want to buy. That's a fair bit going on there. Mm. Which we know uh, a few people are. Dylan is for one, isn't he? He's going to get both of them, I reckon. Yeah, I've, I've gone for the. I've certainly Jamie as the, well. We're going to get. We're going to encourage him to get them out of the box again, aren't we? And I'm going to be happy. <laughs> Let me see the vinyl. Yeah, I've put my order in for the red and the black, so oh, have you? I'll, I'll get that. Yeah, my local record shop, he, he'll be getting it for me down in Farnham, 101 Collectors, brilliant local record shop. I think it's always great to, if you can, to go through the um, the, the record shops and you know, yeah, if they had a couple of quid on, they had a couple of quid on, but it's, um, nice. yeah, you, you go in there, pick it up, and you have a little look through the racks as well, so um, good stuff. That And then you always come home with something. That's like when you order a curry... And you say, they go, oh, do you want to deliver? You go, no, 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 that's fine. I'll pick it up. And they say to you on the phone, yeah, okay, so it will be it will be ready for half six. And then you sort of like say to your wife, oh, yeah, um, 10 past six. I'll just nip down the curry house now and pick up the order. Okay, okay, that's fine. And they get down, you get down there and they go, oh, the order's not ready. Uh, do you want a beer while you wait? <laughs> yeah, go on then. <laughs> you just go down there, don't you? And you get a little extra just, just for the mean, just for the while. No one needs to know. Yeah, absolutely. No one needs to know. Everyone's happy. Include Well, you're mainly happy. That's the main thing, isn't it? That's yeah, really happy. Yeah. That's cool. All right, let's uh, let's move on to a hit miss or maybe, mate. Now this caused a stir. It did, yeah. 
is our second of our hit miss or maybes the fortnight uh, after we did a uh, certainly wasn't ill-advised it was good to do dress the dead which was craig le cicero from forbidden it's his new band and it generated a lot of conversation but we're not talking about that we're talking about another sf bay area band mordred and the song all eyes on the prize which is a new single from the new album released a couple of days ago, or certainly Friday, The Dark Parade. Mm-hmm. I need to uh, get hold of that and have a listen. Um, I think something tells me that's going to feature heavily on the What Have You Been Listening To, mate? Okay, yeah. I mean, it's come out, as I say, it came out the Friday just gone. And um, again, I ordered my my copy through my record shop and it came through probably about nearly a month ago. So I've, I've been able to listen to it quite enjoyably and it is a fantastic record i'll be talking about it certainly uh, and all eyes on the prize mordred are really clever about their if you don't like mordred you're not going to like this it is mordred it's got the the scratch turntables going on it's got scott holderby and his unique vocals style yeah. but it's still got that chugging guitar riff thing that's going on and if mordred aren't for you you're not going to like this. There's nothing different to their sound other than maybe Scott Holderby's vocals sounding a little bit more mature or a little bit more developed than what they were. But other than that, it's Mordred. Is there, I, I, know, I, know, I know Scott does a lot of kind of like rapping and that kind of talking rapping, if you like, as well. I also like it when, uh, certainly on the Visions EP, where he went a little bit trippy as well. Does he kind of do that on this album? Um, you know what? The EP before... Uh, the Voalition the EP, yeah. there was certainly more variety in his vocal style. On this, he, I wouldn't say there's more spoken word, but there is a little bit more playing with the words. There's a, there's a song about the Dark Parade, um, and it's a little bit more like a kind of a, uh, almost like, um, you know, come to the fair, everyone come to the fair, come to you. and it's very much, it isn't, it isn't, um, like thrash metal singing is very much he's got he, he has got that variety in his voice but there isn't he is not rapping on this and certainly Aaron um, DJ Pauls doesn't do so much rapping on this at all it's down to the turntables yeah but uh, Scott's voice just seems to have it just seems to have um, without sounding stupid it seems to have matured a lot Mm. and uh, it seems to be a lot more fuller than than that very kind of one-dimensional um, or certainly unique voice that he had on In This Life and Fool's Game. So when, when, he's, when, you, when, when, when you're saying, though, when he's sort of saying, oh, yeah, come to the fair, I kind of, uh, thinking about it as well, with the YouTube lockdown performances, that is he kind of really moving into this kind of performance piece? So when he's when he's singing a song, he's actually taking the kind of guise of a character. Because I kind of got a little bit with this song as well that he was got playing a role, if you like. I think I think definitely, and I think the fact that they do a lot of the acting themselves, they get and like we had the uh, through lockdown, they did the uh, acting the fool, and they oh. did the all in encompassing lots and lots of different arts and multimedia kind of experience for people rather than just Mordred playing on stage. They had comedians, they had burlesque dancers, they had, they had all sorts going on. And um, um, he's showcasing his different styles. He's been very, very vocal, certainly when he's spoken with H in the uh, mm-hmm. the interviews and he did the evening, um, the a night in with H. 
he doesn't just sing heavy metal music. You know, he's, he's a very busy man that sings all sorts of music. And I think his vocal style now lends itself to lots of things. There's a song on there at the end, Smash Goes the Ball. It could be a Thin Lizzy song. And it just really, you know, you're listening to it, you're thinking, well, this isn't thrash metal, but that's Mordred. You know, yeah. the, the, the B-side of um, Falling Away was... Um, one of the, it was a Thin Lizzy cover, and I just think they've got that very, they, they've got that ability to move effortlessly away from being a thrash metal band because not only are they that that rap style, but also the the, the scratching a turntable thing, but they've also got that kind of that hard rock. Um, Cool, cool. Let's see what the uh, the well. Do you want to do the results and then the uh, the comments, or do you want to go comments and then results? Let's go comments first. Well, we had um, Steve Airy. He said, "Hit just it may be the heat getting to my brain, but ignoring the lyrics, the music reminded me of Megadeth, uh, Countdown to Extinction, and Youth Era, uh, Euthanasia Era, with the chugging riffs interspersed with a few solos. Maybe the train reminded me of Train of Consequences. Looking forward to the album." And the album was out. So tell us what you think, Steve. And that's an interesting um, comparison there with the kind of later, the Megadeth kind of era that is lost to you that we were talking about earlier. When he said they're chugging, I mean, this song just reminded me of Persistence of Time Anthrax. It was a really nice throwback to that kind of real heavy chug that Charlie Benante and Scott Ian just incorporates so well into that anthrax sound, that that really heavy, chuggy riffing. And this had it. It really did. Mike Todd, he said, hippie for me. Like all the new stuff that's been released, it's different. And it's not what you'd expect from them. But the more you listen, the more you can hear how great it is and how it's genre fluid. Now, fuck it. It's a hit for me. A slow-burning one, though. Yeah, okay. That, well, they're the best ones. They give you a lot more, don't they? If they, um, It's a fine line to thinking, uh, yeah, it's okay. I'm not going to listen to it again. And a uh, the the other edge of the coin is, the other side of the coin is, yeah, it's it's got something. And I'm going to give it another go. And then you give it, and then it gives you a little bit more. You think, oh, I'm still not convinced. I'll give it another go. I'll give it another. And you kind of earn, the song has earned your respect from it. And it kind of means a little bit more. But is, again, is that the Mordred factor where you kind of forgive Mordred a little bit more and you give them a little bit more time because they were a big name back in the day. And you know that deep down inside them, they can pull it out. Mm. Don't know. Good. It, it, tell us, tell us, Mike. You're all the man to, to tell us. Adrian Morgan. He says it's a maybe for me. I love his vocal delivery. It's maybe a grower. I wouldn't skip it if it came on. I guess every day isn't a holiday. Oh well, there you go. Thank you for that, Adrian. But Adrian, please tell us. I mean, has it grown so much that it's now that if we were voting on it, it would be a different affair? Ian Kerr Barron. He says it's a miss for me, and I'm a big fan of Fool's Game and in this live records and I saw them play back in the day I've watched the other two videos that are on YouTube that are from the album and I didn't like them either they seem to have forgotten to write tunes it's still quirky as ever and I don't know what's happened to Scott's voice but it just didn't even sound like him to my ears okay so gone too far for Ian maybe um, and big fan of Fool's Game and This Life the this record it, or certainly the material that I've heard and certainly the EP um, before this 
does you can't really put them alongside Fool's Game and In This Life. There's a big time difference, obviously, between those two, but they are very different records, aren't they? So um, maybe too far gone for Ian, which I can understand. And even though, like you say, there's a big time difference, other than the drummer, I believe it's still the same lineup. Mm. You've got uh, mm. the two wonderful guitars, James Sanguinetti and um, Danny White. Uh, brilliant, brilliant guitar work going on. But the drummer on this one, Jeff Gomes, or Gomes, excuse me, he's got a real, real kind of easy feel to his his, his drumming. It just. But I, I, I mean, we, 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 I saw the interview on that Halloween um, playing the yeah. full, and he, he's been around the block. This isn't his first rodeo, yeah. is it? Absolutely not. And you just see him behind that kit. He's a big bloke, isn't he? And you mm. just, he doesn't need to be hitting every, every, every drum on the whole kit like an octopus. When you see a drummer that's comfortable with his kit and he is just doing what he needs to do fluidly and really relaxed, he certainly had it. And, and yeah, it just, it comes across through the music. His drums are a real highlight on this album. Cool. Carl Eric Jenkins, he says, definitely a hit, and I have the club to thank for turning me on to Mordred. I was only familiar with them as one of the bands with the worst album covers on in many lists for Fool's Game, but had never bothered listening. I love these newer songs and just purchased a new album and DP and will seek out the older stuff via Discogs. Cheers from Tampa, Florida. Yeah, with the club reaching out to Tampa, Florida, and that's brilliant, Carl. Um, thank you for that, mate. And um, yeah, go ahead and enjoy Mordred, mate. Um, you will probably have a better chance of seeing them live. And if you, uh, if they do wind their way down to Tampa, and you do happen to find yourself in a in a club or whatever in front of a stage, let us know what they are like. Because are we going to see Mordred over here? Who knows. Well, you're in for a treat because when I saw them five or six years ago, they were just a, an absolute joy. It was just a great atmosphere in there. Um, yeah, a wonderful live band, really was. Brilliant. So we had one hit B, 18 hits, Carl, three misses, and four maybes. Okay. Well, that's quite resounding, isn't it? And who's a lot, you know, we've got a few maybes here, and we're talking about this being a bit of a grower. Who's to say that some of those maybes have now turned into hits? And the hit B as well. You could say there's another five hits in there, couldn't you? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, brilliant. Um, I definitely need to get onto that album, and I will get onto it. I'm, I'm, I've been curious to, um, to, to listen to it. Um, but it's kind of crept out, if you like, that it hasn't been this big kind of splash. Like, here is the, here is the day. Here is when it opens up here is when you can all listen to it it's kind of it, it like i say it's kind of crept out you've had the album for a little bit and i've gone oh when 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 is it released then someone said oh it's not till three weeks and then someone said well i've got the vinyl and someone else will say oh yeah well I've, i haven't got it yet and it's kind of just sort of like fallen out as opposed to having this big splash but now it is definitely out i will be going to listen to that and who's to say by this time next week i haven't i wouldn't have heard it i would have listened to it by then yeah it's definitely out good 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 Right. Shall we move on to the weekend's quiz? Absolutely. As long as you don't ask me the questions, because I don't think I'd do very well now. Well, I mean, you were the test, weren't you, mate? Um, uh, so this is, you were the guinea pig, and I uh, I put all the uh, questions together. 
and there was one mistake in there about the uh, the heathen albums. I uh, I put uh, what one wasn't a heathen. I think I put a metal church album as in, in as one of the uh, distractors actually, and you had to pick three, but you needed the upgrade for that, and I didn't know. So I then had to hastily um, change a few bits and pieces, although I may try and get the upgrade so I can do things like um, a typed answer. <clears throat> you know, so what is the second song on South of Heaven? And people have to type in Silent Scream in the, in the, in the times. So there might be some frantically typing going on. But I need the upgrade for that. So at the moment, it's just going to be straight up multiple choice um it's been something we've been toying about i remember talking about it sort of was it a podcast 50 or 40 or something like that and it was it just didn't really feel right but for this one i just thought yeah we've got a bit of a gap here because i cocked up the weeks for uh thrash of the debut so what can we do we've had a we've had a poll that did, that was okay it was a great poll but um didn't get as many so let's try and think uh, now's the time and i've got some questions and gareth pew's a uh, bit of trivia about gorgal the question from halloween really inspired me to get it done so got the question got the done and we had well over 40 people take part which is brilliant um so that's clicking a link putting a name being bothered to do it really appreciate that some good stuff going on in the comments as well with people posting their scores which was excellent but i have got the definitive list right here and do you want to hear it yes please Carl. okay so now there is a bit of a um there is a bit of a uh um a thing on here that uh, the person that finished number one was Andrew Matthews apologized and said he had another go and put a different username in Slayer boy. Um, and he got uh, out of a possible 10,000, he got 9,324. Although, although he did say, obviously it's my second go. And he kind of admitted he's got a bit of a photographic memory for this kind of thing. So it was a bit of a, he kind of said, take that score away, take that score away. So I, so I did. So we've got Neil Coggins uh, in 10th place. And then a hundred uh, or oh, fifteen points in front of Neil, we got Kevin Adamson, and then a hundred and five, which equates to about one second of thinking time. So fifteen between Neil and Kevin is nothing. Um, we've got Matt G, and then a hundred and twenty-seven to one hundred twenty-seven points uh, in eighth place. In, in next place is Mark Penson. 10 points um, um, separate Rich from Mark, and I, I don't know if that's Rich Tricky Hudson. Then 278 points, sorry, 116 points separate Smithy 74. Next uh, in fourth place, uh, 278 points separate Smithy 74 to George Nesbitt. Next up was Branny's second go, 214, buffs, uh, 214 points above. Second place, Hutch, who was 507 points above Branny. But the winner, uh, he was 614 points ahead, I believe. Yes. Uh, oh, no, 234 points ahead is Pugler, which I believe is Gareth Pugh. I could have gone on the report and had a look. I think he did. He got, uh, I think uh, the top three got um, 100%. But of course, you don't necessarily need 100% to get top of the pile. You need no. to 
answer the ones you know as quick as possible and you could get like let's say i mean getting in 10th you've got 5841 but if you've got six out of the 10 questions that you know instantly and you get the other four wrong you're in the top 10 so that's just how it's going to work it was it was really really fun to do i know i i i did it kind of in advance of it going live so I didn't I didn't do it again but I really enjoyed that kind of I, I like a quiz and I like <laughs> you know you always like putting yourself up against other people and it was really fun to do and I think reading from what people say is uh, well let's do it regularly yeah I, I think we're going to do and thinking about sort of like doing a batch of three and then maybe getting a little league table for three you know for this batch of three that take us from maybe this time until the end of the year and see and then we'll do like a little mini competition maybe so you have like a a week winner and then an overall winner after you know three or something you know why why not make it a little bit more competitive and a bit more interesting and, and get to people doing it uh, but a few people did say they missed it and apologize i have to set the parameters on there so i couldn't re- but i could reopen it but you wouldn't have been on this particular uh, quiz um so do you want me just to do it from here on in and then you do it with everyone else then mate or do you want to be a guinea pig no if you want to if you want to send a, a bit like we do with the post mate sometimes if, if you send the post out as they as they get sent to me you'd, you'd be lynched so <laughs> <laughs> maybe send the questions as as, as normally uh I, I, can, I can be guinea pig there's no way looking at these scores here anyway that i'm going to challenge any of these people for oh, okay. podium places because i think what i got i think i got about six thousand in mind didn't i i didn't certainly didn't I, I certainly didn't challenge any of these people here, so I don't think I'm in any danger. And it's, it's a bit of fun anyway. So yeah. you know, it's a it's a combined thing, and you know, I want to I want to help you do it and be part of it. So if you send them to me, we can I can guinea pig it, and then it goes out as to the group, and we can fine tune it, and and yeah. No worries. Okay. And of course, I did throw it out to members that if you had a question that you thought was pretty cool that you wanted um, that you wanted inclusion, send us it with um, one correct answer and three distractors. Um, I actually wrote 10,000 words on uh, multiple choice questions once, mate. So I'm a bit of an expert. And if anyone has trouble sleeping, I'll send them my, uh, my dissertation on multiple choice questions. And that will send you to fucking sleep in an instant, mate. It's boring as shit. Three people have read it so far and I'm one of them and I'm bored of it already, but there you go. That's, um, that's just me, but yes, uh, send us, um, uh, that and I will put one cause obviously I don't want somebody sending me 10 questions and then they do the quiz because I can get it all right. But if we have one question from, you know, 10, 15 different people, we'll make the quiz, you know, 20, 20 questions long, you know, it doesn't matter. And then we'll try and get it. So it's one each, so to speak. So, um, um, you, you don't have an unfair advantage, but you've got one home banker, let's say. Sounds perfect, mate. Is that one going down all right, mate? It sounds like it's got bones in it. Problem, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, very nice. It is, yeah. Cool, cool. So, uh, yes, we will be doing that again because I was thinking if you know ten people do it, I was thinking now, ah, well, you know, it's been fun, but I can just email ten people some questions. That's not a problem if you want to do a quick sort of thing. But the fact is that over forty people done it. I was thinking, well, this is going to be worth it. It's going to be good. We get quite a few people in the uh, in the league table, and even if you have a bad week, if we do it over a series of of weeks, we could have like a, a bit of a league table going on, and it would be cool. It'd be like a fantasy league. It'd be great. Yeah, 
that'd be great yeah absolutely and we might even and who's to say when we do if we do get round to doing um zoom calls or something we could have a live one yeah definitely i don't know how how difficult it's going to be facebook have changed very slightly certainly when i've gone to edit a post last week that Mm. i so people know how we do it we you and i we will prepare a post a feature um in advance of it going out and schedule it and if we need to edit that we go back and edit it but unfortunately facebook have changed things certainly across the whole board it seems they've changed an awful lot if we try and have to go and edit something it won't allow us to edit it very well so sometimes the posts go out as they were which is you know as um as has happened i think um with with uh, yeah the pestilence first and um, we might find there might be some technical difficulties with a quiz, but no doubt we will um, overcome and conquer, Carl. Yes. Now, there, there's just a couple of comments. Leanne Evans, I have to I have to just put these. There's only three comments. Uh, Leanne Evans, can you please introduce the wank, Wankstrosity Club for those amongst us who need care in the community with quizzes? So there's a there, you know whoever gets the wooden spoon at the end they don't get the wooden spoon in this club they get the Wankstrosity Club they're in the Wankstrosity Club which is a which is a great one from Leanne thank you um, Andy how do you say that Arnis um, whatever I ask for a thrash or eighties heavy metal round at a quiz I get laughed at so this is great so and I think we're all in the same boat there Andy so that's great to come back with and Carl Eric Jenkins. For a moment, it looked like I was threatening the top 10, but then I fell off a steep cliff. Great fun, though. So that's the kind of general consensus I got. It was a good laugh, good fun, and um, I hope people were curious where they come, and that's the top 10. That's great. And, and um, Carl's from Tampa, isn't he? Yeah, we, we were saying about Tampa. And, and, and that's the great thing, that we got someone over in Florida that's, that's enjoying this, and we got Leanne, his manager, well, um, executive director or you know chief executive of the wank wankrosity club wankrosity club wankrosity club so um yeah she'll uh, she'll be managing that side of things and um it's great like andy said there that yeah you get laughed at when you ask for a metal round and the kind of questions you might get in a metal round is uh metallica had a song (laughs) called Enter uh, what? What? It yeah, rhy- uh, yes, okay. it, it rhymes we with. We want to know about Walls of Jericho. Yeah, the 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 and the uh, Metallica's biggest hit rhymes with Benta and Man. What is it? Yeah, yeah, the fucking hell, great. That's that's a great question. That is, and everyone looks to you. Are you? Oh, I, I tell you what, I've, I tell you what, I fucking hate is when they go. Um, Living on a prayer came from which of Bon Jovi's multi-selling albums, and they turn to you. You like heavy metal, Carl, and you think, fuck off, I hate Bon Jovi. I know the answer. I'm not going to give it to you because it's I, I can't bear them anyway. So, it, you it's like a, heavy metal. Yeah, they're, they're, you know. They, yeah, I do. I don't like Bon Jovi. Yeah, yeah, then why are you turning to me when Bon Jovi's mentioned? <laughs> but then I go, yes, it's slippery when wet, and you get the point or whatever. Yeah. Is it slippery? I think it is, yeah. I, I don't know. Uh, maybe that'll be the next quiz. That'll be the first one of the next quiz. <laughs> Great, great stuff. Um, so, shall we move on to what have you been listening to, mate? Yes, let's do that. Let's um, have a little look. I've got to... Just got to find it. Okay, do you want me to start? 
my your five minutes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, John Wig is first off the bat. Um, I think Solicitor. Solicitor. Mordred, The Dark Parade, loving it. Black Sabbath, Masters of Reality. And Heretics, Breaking Point, RIP Mike. And you can have that one for free. I think it's only fair. Are you still there, Robbie? I am, yes. I'm just... Um, you've just done John Wick. I've just done John, John Wick, yes. Uh, Mike Todd, he says, Mordred, The Dark Parade, uh, Fork House, Metal Bra, Hell is Others, and Temper Shot Official, Aftershock, and he makes a point as well, RIP Mike Howe and Joey Dawson. Cheers, mate. Paul Hutchings, Metal Church, all of Mike Howe's catalogue, Slipknot, Slipknot, RIP Joey, to cheer up, uh, cheer me up, Swallow the Sun's forthcoming two-hour live album, 20 Years of Gloom, Beauty and Despair, live in Helsinki. Cool. I'll tell you what, have you got that for homework, Carl? Fucking hell, that is difficulty. Yeah, that is two hours of of that. Helsinki is one of them. Nothing ever happens in Helsinki other than athletic meetings on BBC Two. It's always, you've got some athletics. Where's this? You know, I always say to my wife, she likes to be, where's this? Oh, it's Helsinki. Okay. (laughs) You also get Swallow the Sun playing a. um, Two hours of doom and despair. Yeah. Yeah. And that cheered him up. Fucking hell. Please. PT, uh, he's gone for Voivod, The Outer Limits, Ripcord, The Fires of Power, and Garroted, Only Tools and Corpses. Oh, that sounds right down in the gutter there, doesn't it? Garroted. Um, that was one that I mentioned earlier, Carl, The uh, Outer Limits. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's a vinyl reissue that um, Voivod have got for the outer limits and uh, yeah that's one that I'm, I'm still waiting to get my greasy mitts on I've ordered it and it's in the shop I just haven't been able to get it so looking forward to that because they've done it in a red and black I think they've done it in a blue and black and yes it's uh, it's going to be good to get that on and play it because I haven't got that one as a physical and it's a wonderful album and is that the one that has like a comic book cover on it uh, it's just like a picture of a it's, it's bizarre it's like a, a face kind of like a Bizarre face, okay. like a, as I say, a spaceman's face. It's uh, just like two colours, like white and reddish. Yeah, which that's why I'm thinking comic book, really. And the outer limits, like a, you know, when Batman says kapow and that yes. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. Kevin Adamson, Metal Church, Damned If You Do, Onslaught Generation, Antichrist, and Mastodon Empire, uh, Emperor of Sand, RIP Mark and Joey. Thank you, mate. Absolutely, yeah. There'll be a lot of people RIPing. Stuart Jardine, he's gone for Iron Man, The Passage, interesting, Evil, Hell Unleashed, and Voivod, Lost Machine Live. Oh, okay. Fair. Plenty of so, Voivod. Iron Man, Carl, mm-hmm. just picking up on that there. Um, I'd never heard of them. Okay. Never heard of them at no, all. Me, just no, seen me neither. I saw Iron Man at the Rise Above Records 20th or 25th anniversary show at Hybrid Garage about 10 years ago, no, five years ago, say. And Iron Man, uh, they're an American do metal band, and they'd released an album called, what was it called? Song of the South or uh, South of the Earth or Song of the Earth. South of the Earth, I think it was called. And brilliant, really, really 
brilliant live band they were. I don't know the album that Stuart's just mentioned there, the, the, the passage, but they were so good live. That album's so good. And uh, I got chatting to the guy from Iron Man called Alfred Alfred Junior or Alf, sorry, this is really bad. Alfred Morris or Albert Morris, a fantastic guitar player for the band, and he said that they're going to be coming over and playing the UK because I don't think they'd played the UK up until that point. He'd be coming back the following year and playing. They're really looking forward to the UK coming over here. They've just signed with Rise Above, and um, it didn't happen. And then unfortunately, what's his name? Alfred or Albert Morris um, died a few years ago, so I don't think oh, Iron Man are going anymore. So, oh, that's really, yeah, that's a really. Um, I'm, I'm going to check that one out that Stuart's mentioned there, the passage, because I certainly, of all the albums by Iron Man, I only know oh, Song of the South or <laughs> Song of the South. Yeah. That's a Disney film. <laughs> South of the Earth. Okay. Uh, so yeah, um, that's really cool, Stuart. Thank you for that because that's taken me a bit down memory lane there with the Rise Above show. That's cool. Maybe we could do a um, uh, take me to school on Iron Man. Tell me all you know there is about Iron Man. Oh, I tell you what, if, if there are people out there that really do know Iron Man or want to, you know, I'm thinking John Wick. I bet he knows Iron Man. They're, they're a really cool doom metal, heavy metal band, heavy, heavy riffing, but real, real quality guitars. So I think uh, there'd be a lot of people that were really into them. They're really quality. Well, Vincent Roche, um, he said Iron Man are great and then goes on to say lots yeah. of metal church, UK metal worshippers, Eliminator, and you might have to help me out here, Die Krunzen. Okay. Thank you, mate. Maybe yeah, you'll be able to tell us about um, Iron Man as well. And uh, Neil Cook, uh, he says, I'll be playing some Metal Church on my midweek radio Rock Riot on www.metalstreamradio.com starting at 6pm, as well as some Slipknot about halfway through. Oh. Now, Neil, we need to include you in radio <laughs> podcast radio and podcast no live live shows and podcasts right? yeah, yeah, radio changed. live shows you're changing yeah. it the, the, the blog posts are changing it's chaos yeah so we need to get Neil in on that as well with, with <laughs> the other DJs that we got in no, and he's put his link in there for us to enjoy later so that's brilliant um, cheers keep doing that mate John Deary Mordred the Dark Parade has taken up most of my time since Friday's release along with a band who should have been bigger than they ever got Scat Opera and finally Lashings of Faith No More yeah we used to see Scat Opera all the time at yeah. the marquee didn't we yeah they were they, uh, they've got one song I can't remember what it was but as soon as I hear it Reminiscence in Bitterness that one Reminiscence in Bitterness Possibly, I'll have to listen to it. Your, si your singing this evening is particularly that red wine's gone to your singing, mate. So um, about time. It, it's about gone downhill time. since the Marilyn Monroe cover, yeah. Uh, John Andrews, he's gone for Mordred to Dark Parade, Crepitation, Perpetual Devolution through Narcosis, and uh, he saw them at the New Cross Inn uh, last weekend. Oh, yeah, and John also, with some gigs, yeah. And also Fulci, Exhumed Information. Now, they're the band that used the Italian film director as inspiration for their music, I think. So that's cool. Plenty of spoken word bits in there, I bet, mate. Cool, yeah, I reckon. Gareth Pugh, in a horrible week, 
obviously been through Mike's back catalogue with Metal Church, Still Loving Space Chaser, Tremonti's new single, which is good, but nothing new from them. And I can't say any more. There's your three, Gareth. Strict. Oh, no, I suppose you had Metal Church, so I will go Vector, Black Future. Okay. Done. Luke Alexander, he has had Mordred, the Black, uh, the Black Parade, the Dark Parade. Hazard Delirium and binge watching all the classic Blackadder series. And obviously, Luke, man of the hour, he off temper shot. So, um, loving the the, uh, the Mordred and the Blackadder, which is always like mean, Blackadder's great, isn't it? So, fair play to that. Um, thank you, mate. Um, Graham Meldrum. Uh, this is always heavy. Um, Kelvin Ball, Live Fast, Go to Bed Early, a tuneful punk from with shout-alongs. Uh, Brother Inferior, Anthems 94 to 97, angry hardcore punk. And the Scrotum Poles, here we go. Um, Orchiminthi. Orchiminthi? Forever. Old Dundee punk indie band. There you go. Wow. Scrotum pole sounds good. <laughs> and with that, who's after? <laughs> well, we've got the we've got the managing director, the chief executive of the Wankrosity Club, and it's Leanne. She says, "In this week, I've learned that I should have kept my legs close to Kitwop. <laughs> I've embraced simultaneously becoming Kofi Annan and being a spectator of Piss Puffin Smackdown. So I choose an array of tracks to accompany my kids' twattery, including Death, Evile, and Carcass." Uh, also, I've discovered that you can tell your kids to shut the fuck up over. I'm not going to say it because it will make my one go crazy. Oh, okay. Uh, that, um, that that machine that you have in your, your house and you get it to play music. Yeah. Only five weeks to go. Hashtag winning at parenting. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, Cannon. Don't wish your life away, Leanna. But yes, brilliant. Um, Lee Shep, Green Mantis, Venom Wolf and Discharge. Thank you, mate. Uh, Chris Gamble, The X Factor, wow. Blaze Bailey, War Within Me, and Love and Death, Perfectly Preserved. Well done, that's brilliant, mate. Jane- I, do like, I, do, I do like the fact that Chris goes back and, and tries out some of the albums. Certainly he tried the Final Frontier, didn't he? He did, yeah. And he may be going back for The X Factor. Um, I don't know, maybe he's on some, some mission to try some of the deeper darker cuts have made and i'm not sure no that's good though isn't it somewhat because i think yeah. he did say he, he didn't dismiss but he he went back and, and saying oh yeah maiden this could be a port or yeah. an, an album a maiden album that they have off like the final frontier and i think gareth kind of said no no no, i like the final it's got this this and this and obviously um it, um chris has, has listened read that and gone well okay okay well i've you know, someone saying that about it, I, I will give it another go. And he, he obviously is. That's great. That's brilliant. Um, Jamie Kinghorn, Metal Church, Damned If You Do, R.I.P. Mike, Slipknot, Slipknot, R.I.P. Joey, and Mordred, The Dark Parade. Good stuff. Marich Tricky Hudson, Pestilence, Consuming Impulse. Morbid Angel, Blessed Are the Sick, and Paradise Lost, Shades of God. And Rich has a wicked Morbid Angel vest that he's uh, been modelling while he's knocking out the wrist for his heavy claw stuff on uh, Instagram. It's a quality vest, and uh, if I could get away wearing vests like that, I'd certainly get a Morbid Angel one. <laughs> I don't carry a vest off very well. Okay, fair enough. Uh, you're more of a sweatshirt guy, is that what you're saying? Uh, maybe. <laughs> a hoodie. 
Corvo Antono, Blacklist Disciple uh, Disciplines of Time. Absolutely loving this album. Hits hard. Thrasher Wolf, We Are Revolution. And is that Potential Victims? Potential Victims. Thank you, mate. Uh, Dylan Jones, a prong at zero days. So he loves them so much. He's, he's using them as always. He's three. And uh, yeah. he, of course he does. And it's a Brazilian import, that one. Brilliant, brilliant. Oh, here we go. Frank Holby's dummy. Um, Amnesia Atenia Malditos. Chilean thrash metal for UK thrashers review. Uh, metal Church, Mike's discography, and usual thrash mix on Spotify. Thank you, mate. Thank you, Frank. Great stuff. Um, uh, this is Neil Bolton. He's gone with Mordred the Dark Parade. Uh, Wayward Sons, the true fame, what it used to be, and Orphan Land, unsung prophets and debt messiahs because of because of me. Oh, there you go, mate. There you are. You uh, I'll tell you why, because that was um, homework. I had that in homework, and we did it as a hierarchy side. So Neil's got good taste. Hopefully he likes it. It's a little bit different, but I reckon it's within him to really enjoy that. So hopefully he's been enjoying it. That's cool. Is he doing, has he been assigned that as homework? No, I just think he's, um, he's possibly listened to Hierarchy Decides and and it's gone down on his list of ones that he's going to check out. It's very good. It's a brilliant album. It really is. So um, I'm sure he, I'm sure he's enjoying it. Brilliant. Um, Dean Hughes, listening, Onslaught, Sounds of Violence, watching Traveller's Netflix and podcast Football Cult Heroes, Robbie Fowler and Jürgen Klinsmann. So I'm just saying about that um, Football Cult Heroes, does that mean Robbie Fowler talks about the time where he pretended to snort coke from one of the lines from the penalty area and Jürgen Klinsmann when Alan Sugar threw his shirt back at him and said, you can wash your car with that, son. And did Jürgen Klinsmann dive and fall over when the shirt hit him possibly yeah possibly almost definitely Uh, Mel Campbell she says uh, the only chance I had to listen to music this week was at my folks caravan where I had to take all our laundry after a slope blew up our washing machine (sighs) there you go the what's going on what's going on these white goods she's cursed herself white goods you're cursing it father played the best of rainbow that's not too bad is it mother played disturbed and I managed a few metallic tracks on my phone to drown out the karaoke from the club. There's something prophetic about sad but true, but whilst wrapped up in a tarn blanket surrounded by many elderly people, this is our future. <laughs> that's brilliant. Uh, articulated brilliant. That's uh, that's brilliant. Thank you. I hope you sort your washing machine out soon. Um, Andrew Matthews. Slipknot, R.O.P. Joey Johnson. Heaven and Hell, it's okay. Not special, though. And the new HR woman at work, waffling on and on and on and on and on. Yeah, HR. They they can... HR, question mark, friend or foe, question mark. Necessity. Well, certainly. That's not the question I asked, though, mate. No, necessity to your question is a necessary question to answer. That's what I... Oh, okay, fair enough. (laughs) Tim Finch, Ranger Speedhorn, self-titled, second week in a row. The Haunted Made Me Do It, and Ghost, a full back catalogue. There you go. The Ghost, I mean... Tim mentions ghosts, you know, like like Dylan mentions prong, doesn't he? It's crazy. Well, you think, you know, if Tim was to choose three bands that he had to go with for 
three not just what he's been listening to this week but if it was like right you've got three out three bands that you can now listen to and they're your bands i think those three wouldn't be far off for him yeah. maybe a bit of metallica in there yeah they but they, they, they would get involved in the maybe argument maybe a bit of other sludgy stuff thrown in but i think clutch it'd be maybe good. yeah yeah clutch might be in there yeah, yeah. there'd be um probably a bit of stone broken as well no doubt but uh, <laughs> <laughs> have upset uh, paul's upset them all yeah, yeah. um graham willies willies um mordred the dark parade flotsman jets and blood in the water and benediction scriptures thank you mate great album from last year chris paul cannibal corpse of leading obituary cause death and karak angren frankensteiner stratemontanus Ooh, that sounds intense um graham meldrum uh, that's dusty hill gone to we'll have to spin some zz top later absolutely we've covered that and make sure it's nice and loud mate definitely George Nesbitt, Metal Church, Blessing in Disguise, Metal Church, Damned If You Do, and ACDC, Dirty Deeds. He's also said, R.I.P. Mark Howe, So Sad and Unexpected. Definitely, definitely took. Everyone's thinking that. Mark Pensum, Death Sounds of Perseverance, um, Pestilence, Exitivum, and Monster Magnet, Power Trip. Uh, lots of metal church in Iowa in memory of Mike and Joey uh, until uh, far too late last night and now Dusty as well shite I'm going to find some classic ZZ Top videos just got paid that's what you need um, and Mark mentioned there are two albums that have been doing quite well in the D'Andrade years Monster Magnet Power Trip and Death Sound of Perseverance so oh, okay. looking, for, looking forward to seeing how that one goes down at the next Yes, I'll be compiling that tomorrow evening after over a glass of wine and um, a glint in my eye. Listening to the T90, hopefully. What, are you drinking on a Thursday? Sound like you. Oh, yeah. Sorry, it'll be Friday. Friday. Warren Elliott, Heretic, Breaking Point, uh, Metal Church, Blessing in Disguise, and Screaming Trees Anthology from the SST years. That's uh, that's good stuff there. Nice mixture. Mm -hmm. He says, it broke my heart. It broke my heart to learn of Mike Howe's passing. Been thinking about how he left Heretic to join Metal Church and David Wayne reformed Reverend with former Heretic members. I'll be listening to all three bands tonight. It saddens me that now both of these incredible singers are no longer with us. R.I.P. Mike Howe. I think Heretic's Breaking Point was one of Mike Howe's best performance, second only to Blessing in Disguise. There you go. Uh, great there uh, that's brilliant thank you Warren um, and then Adrian Morgan Valen is that Valen Fry ACDC and Candlemas rounds off what we have been listening to that's fantastic that's really cool that everyone's sent in what they have on um, and clearly um, Metal Church ZZ Top and Slipknot have made a big impression on people these past couple of days for me as well I'm not a big metal church fan, but one of the um, one of the albums that have um, really impacted on me was Eleven from uh, 2016. I had it for homework. I reviewed it a few months back. Loved it then. I've given it another few listens since then, um, and I've given it a few listens this past um, past couple of days. It's just. Um, uh, it, yeah, on, on the back of the sad, sad news, it's a wonderful heavy metal album. It, it, it's virgin on thrash metal in parts. It's classic heavy metal. It's just a really, really good display of band that are tight at the top of the game. And um, 
it's, it's just a great listen. So I've really enjoyed doing that. You know, the songs like um, Needle and Such, Killing Your Time, uh, No Tomorrow. Um, it's just superb. It really is really good stuff to listen to. Is that also in it? So sorry, are you, are you doing yours now? Because I was going to say that was your uh, that's your. You can have that one for free because it's um, that's uh, Metal Church, isn't it, Mike? Mike, how related? Yeah, okay. I, you know, I've, I've did, what with all the club stuff, I'm struggling for three to be honest, mate. There's, it's been so busy with the club. Um, one of the albums that I certainly uh, wasn't expecting to pick up on that I haven't heard for a long time was one of the ones from the D'Andrade years, and that was Refuse, The Shape of Punk to Come. Oh, I hadn't yes. heard that for quite a long time, and certainly when it came out back in 1998, I was, um, I was all over it, and I really enjoyed it, and I just hadn't heard it for a long, long time. So I've kind of been been revisiting that and enjoying that, and um, whilst not kind of sharing the euphoric admiration I had for it back in... 98 i've been enjoying it and it's aged well it still sounds really cool um, and it's got that song that goes woo yeah yeah absolutely you can't help but go woo, woo and you keep yeah. doing it more so than when they do it and, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah um yeah jim mordred um so that's me to be honest mate I've, um, I've really been caning the, the Mordred album I mentioned that earlier so I won't go on about that um, that's it well I've been go on whilst I haven't been listening to it Carl yes what I did want to say was in the post today I received Empire of Lies the EP from Novichok now oh. about a month ago we or I bought it on Bandcamp as it went up for digital. You could buy a four-track EP. Uh, but through the post today from our good friend of the club, John Beavis, sent the CD. And he sent a note and it says, um, here's a CD for you guys for all the support that you you know do for the club, uh, do for the band. And um, it, was, it was just wonderful because we obviously paid on this side, which was I don't know, about a month ago, wasn't yeah. it, on, on the podcast, and it opened it up, and, and, and it was really cool. But on the back of the CD card, on the thank you list, it says, Robbie and Carl, so it mentions a few people, Robbie and Carl from the Thrash Metal album, The Fortnite Club, we get a mention. Oh, in fucking a. You, in a thank you of a CD from a metal band. Oh, that's... We've made it. We that, made it. Mate. <laughs> that's fucking brilliant. Thank you, John. Absolutely, uh, yeah. So he only sent one CD, so you know you always, you know, oh, I'll borrow it from you. Yeah. I suppose I'm going to have to end it because <laughs> it's, it's, it's addressed to both of us. So, yeah. <laughs> no, that's, that's fucking fantastic. But the, no, the fact is, of the matter really... is, they, the, the support we give them is it's e it's easy as anything because they're, they're uh, such a cool band. They don't need pushing or encouraging at all because they, they just produce, don't they? Absolutely, and, it, and it's you know it, it's he's kind of given back as well. The fact that John has re recognised that you know me and you we're just fans of this music, but we just do it because we love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's still willing to send a seat. It's really cool. So John, thank you. It's really cool, and uh, it'd be, be really good to you know whilst we've got it digitally, it's going to be cool to put that on the CD player and listen to that. So um, thank you. So after that, um, I, I will uh, talk about what I've been listening to. Um, I listened to the Temper Shot um, 
Tempercast, isn't it? The uh, number two. Um, great one talking about Afterburner. Go on and have a listen to that because they obviously play the song as well. Uh, great insight to that band. Also, I don't think it's out yet, but it's probably going to be out by the time our podcast is out. And that is Old Bollocks, which is a mashup of um, Talking Bollocks and Old Head. They've got together and they've done a podcast and it's um, really good, very entertaining. They have uh, talk about some new releases and then they're going to talk about a classic album um, that they've obviously uh, agreed that they're going to be talking upon, uh, upon. So you have sort of like, this one was about an hour long and you had about, I don't know, 35, 40 minutes of them talking about new releases. And of course, with the pair of them uh, talking away, it spins off here, there and everywhere. And then they talk about um, Anthrax's State of Euphoria because um, Stephen from Old Head, he really, that was his gateway thrash almost album. So he really holds that in huge regard where when we featured it on the club and other people have mentioned it, it doesn't and even Howard H. Smith himself doesn't regard it as high, so it's quite an interesting conversation. Um, so I, uh, we, we, we've got that because we are Patreons, of course, and you can sign up to the Patreon and get all this stuff early. But this will be coming out on both Talking Bollocks, uh, YouTube, and of course, Old Head as well. And I believe it's a, it's a, it's a watching one as well because it's on Zoom and they recorded the Zoom conversation. So I listened to that. And someone mentioned, I forget who it was. It was someone in the lower depths of um, uh, what have I been listening to, uh, talking about Monster Magnet. Well, I listened to the new Monster Magnet album, which uh, is all covers from psychedelic and trippy bands. And guess what? It's psychedelic and trippy. Um, And that is what I've been listening to. Yeah, Neil Coggins on his metal, uh, Full Metal Racket show a couple of months ago played the new Monster Magnet song and it sounded, it was Monster Magnet, but God, oh, it did go on a bit. You know, it's kind of like the recipe is, is kind of worn thin <laughs> Monster Magnet. You know, the, uh, they're I, good at what they do for a short time. Yeah, no, I've, 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 I, it, it depends what mood you catch Dave Windorf in. I saw him down in Southampton recently. Bang on. Absolutely brilliant on it. Really, really cool. I also saw him back in the 90s in a Reading Festival, and they were in a tent. And it was around, uh, it was, what's that big joint called? Super Tripping or whatever it is, Power Tripping or whatever. And uh, everyone was going to go, you know, oh, they're going to play Nagasonic Teenage Warhead and stuff like that. Well, he spent, for one song, you know the lights that mechanics have when they're under cars where it's sort of like the light bulb is in a cage so they can hook it on things and it's on like a wire. He had that and he was sort of like spinning it around his head whilst the mic was there. Everything else was black and he spent about 10 minutes just sort of like waffling on sort of drug-related kind of poetry and it was all like, yeah, yeah, this is quite intense. And then two minutes after doing that, you go, right, okay, yeah, kind of get it now, kind of get it. When's the guitar is going to – and after five minutes, oh, for fuck's sake, let's go and watch Soundgarden. This is shit. 
So you really got to pick your moments with Dave Windorf, I think. And uh, I, I don't think the new album is particularly um, that strong. Want some, want some original stuff, I suppose. But um, that's what I've been listening to, mate. Good stuff. Nice mixture there, mate. Good stuff. I need to check out the uh, the uh, the Stephen and H thing. Looking forward to that. But other than that, it's a nice little mixture there. Old bollocks. Cool. Um, now we're not going to do. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to do my uh, <laughs> foray into comedy by doing the um, uh, uh, final thoughts. We can't do that anyway because um, otherwise we'll have um, Danny different round it uh, sorting us out because it's uh, different times of back, isn't it? So it'd be, yeah, but yeah, a Glaswegian kiss between the eyes. I can't have that. So uh, we're not going to do that. So I'm going to bid my farewells now and then. But you are going to talk about a song, and then we're just going to smash it, aren't we? Absolutely, yeah. No, no final thoughts. I mean, we've um, we've spoken enough about what we're obviously all thinking about at the moment, which are the you know the sad passing of some you know wonderful people within our within our world, and I'm sure Carl will echo that. But um, you know, I echo it, yeah. Go on, mate. I echo it. Go on. So we played Temper Shot, Afterburner at the front. We're now moving on to a very slightly different, far less slicker than Temper Shot. We're now moving on to Abscess Sucker, Dirge of the Pustulant. Now, this is Graham Meldrum, long-time member. Graham, active member, always gets stuck in. He's going to be doing a T90. Uh, he has uh, a number of uh, kind of DIY projects on the go. You might remember Malignant Intent that we played. But he's also just released uh, Abscess Sucker on cassette, and it comes on a lovely green kind of uh, really, I don't know. Pus-covered. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Rancid, pus-covered, coloured cassette. Love it. There you go. Um, it follows on from a not too dissimilar path and to be honest it's pretty horrible it's grim it's noisy but it's got plenty of energy uh, he's got a limited run of his abscess sucker stuff on his um, band camp page for the cassette so if you like the old school way of doing things and you fancy a cassette get on it it's decent value it's a vile it is a vile green clear tape um, support DIY musicians you like and if you want a bit of doomy punky grime and head over there and on his own page he said on facebook page graham himself said sick putrid heavy filth seems to be the consensus of description so far which i find slightly disappointing as i was aiming for pop punk <laughs> <laughs> so without further ado it's over to graham with abscess sucker and dirge of the pustulant